Christmas special, and we're going to talk about Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile Christmas. Here at Quinn to the Bull, yeah. we like to, instead of doing a festive, happy episode, mm-hmm. we like to be a bit it, different. Be a bit different. Alternative Christmas. So I'm saying that. So we picked the most unsavoury, unsettling, and disgusting topic out there. Yeah, pretty much. King of the pedos. Yep. It's hard to argue with that title. <laughs> As we'll find out later. Yeah. So let me introduce us. I'm oh, yeah. Ben. I'm joined by Gaz. Hello. And Mike. Hello. And I will attempt to remain tactful during this very difficult subject. <laughs> hey Ben. What have uh, Jimmy Savile and a tortoise got in common? I don't know, but I think you're going to tell me. <laughs> they both like to get there before the hair. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Stay tuned for more then. <laughs> well, hopefully let's not start as we mean to go on. Oh, so we're going to have a bit of a slight change to the format this week. We're not going to do weird news at the start. We'll do some at the end because this is quite a lengthy topic. We thought we'd uh, save ourselves a bit of time yeah. and not start the show laughing our way through a Jimmy Savile episode. No, and like we said, a bit of a disclaimer. That's right, the disclaimer. We are going to take the piss out of Jimmy. Because he is like a bit of a cartoon monster in a way, but he's also obviously not a cartoon. He's a very real monster. We're going to take the piss out of him and the system that protected him. We are not, absolutely not, going to be taking the piss out of the victims. In any way, In any direct fun. way. No. If we, we apologise in advance for anything offensive that may, may or may not be said, but um, this is supposed to be a comedy show, so... Occasionally... We'll, we'll try to strike the right balance. <laughs> We'll see how that works. This is the Christmas party, technically. To the, for the listener, we're all sat here, the three of us in our Christmas jumpers. And this, this is our attempt at fest being festive, but... Fuck it, it's the antidote, isn't it? There's a lot of festivity out there. Some people are sick of all that. I'm sick of it, and This already. is a bit of a real, you know, this is... Restore the balance. Yeah, this is a heavy, serious, fucking... We talk about weird, fucked-up shit on this show, and we it do. doesn't get... Much weirder or more fucked up than this. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good disclaimer. So take your outside Christmas lights and shove them up your ass because they're oh, fucking me off. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm, f- I'm fully in the... I don't want to incur, incur your wrath, Ben, but I'm actually fully crimboed up this year. I'm fully in the spirit. I've got no fucking choice. I live with the owner and the little girls. Yeah, but have you there. got... Your, is the front of your house illuminated like fucking Blackpool? Oh, no, no, it's discreetly, tastefully done. Yeah, that's what I'm on about. I don't like all this. Let's decorate our house like it's somewhere in America. Leave that for them. They want to do that. They can have that. I guess. I did like the. Did you see the video of the guy who had spelled out? Well, he he made a big bell Mm. with yellow lights on the front of his house, and then the word end and a little cock and balls. (laughs) Very crudely done. It wasn't like he was a grade A artist. And there's a hilarious video of him 
he's filming from the... Well, I guess it's not funny for him. There's a policeman at the door. It's middle of the night, it's pitch black, and he's chatting from the upstairs bedroom window, and the policeman's basically like, listen, you're causing offence, we've had complaints, I'm going to come in there and arrest you. And he's like, why? For what? And he's like, it says Bell End. And he's like, oh, so I can't have a bell. And the police, <laughs> it clearly says Bell End, that's offensive. And he's like, well, which bit can I have the word end, but not a bell? <laughs> well, yes, I suppose you could have the word end, but without a bell. And the policeman's getting frustrated. He's like, why can't you just have Merry Christmas like everyone else? You had cunt last year. <laughs> And he's claiming that the cock is, and the policeman saying, it's obviously a cock. And he's like, this is not, this is a real video. He's like, it's a mushroom officer. It's a cock. I can see it's a cock. So, that guy's a bit of a hero. Yeah. He's like the anti-Santa. I like yeah, it. Yeah, shame that he gets arrested, that you can get arrested oh, for putting a bell and an end on the front. You know. I'm surprised you just didn't shoot him. Well, no, it was in England. It oh, it was in England. England. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. It was a very English exchange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> so let's start on June. <laughs> Look, he's doing his best to be all news, news presentery and serious. Okay, do we... All right, I'll do a... Full disclosure for the listener, I am smoking a fucking joint right now. And he's looking at me like with the look on his face that says, Will you please be serious for a moment? You got Metallica Christmas jumper on. Yeah. I like Metallica. <laughs> it's an awesome Christmas jumper, but I've also got a badge that says Hail Satan as well. I'm feeling jolly and jovial and I ain't gonna let Savile bring me down, okay? So alright. That's the point of the Christmas episode. <laughs> You started this tradition last year with your... Yeah, wasn't it serial murders, killers it? Yeah. and murderers and... Yeah, murders at Christmas. <laughs> so you brought this upon yourself, Ben. Right. Yeah, that's fine. I have no <laughs> objection to the format. Okay. Okay. Just, let's go then. All right. So, interesting to note, still a Sir James Wilson Vincent Savile. What, they haven't posthumously removed it? Nope, can't have to change the law. Can't take it off. Is he still buried in a golden coffin? Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's not golden, but it's... Uh, oh, it's spray paint. It's got some gold on it. Oh. It's like a big golden cross I'm on the front. I'm surprised it hasn't been grave rubbed. Is there protection around it? I wouldn't like to say, but it is unmarked now. Uh, yeah, they destroyed the headstone, didn't they? Yeah. Good. Um, Put it in landfill. Um, yeah. Good. <laughs> um, OBE. Order of the British Empire, and also the KCSG, which is the Order of St. Gregory the Great. Uh, for those you don't know, that's presented by the Pope himself. Oh, wow. Uh, currently subject to a request for annulment from the Archbishop of Westminster, though. So he's still got that as well. Isn't it interesting how he got that from the Pope? Mm. Catholic Church, one of the biggest paedophile organisations yeah. in the world. Well, look at it from the Pope's view, he basically meant met... The Michael Jordan of nonsense. <laughs> I mean, like, you looked up to him. Yeah. <laughs> Born on Halloween, October 1926, died. Oh dear. That explains a lot. Died on the 29th of October 2011. He always did look like a ghoul. He always looked like the crypt keeper. He did. Remember that? It's a fucking miracle that this man got famous. Yeah. In all fairness, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He had no actual skills to speak of either. He is credited with one thing from his early days, actually, that... Um, oh, the clink clock. No, no, um, being the first DJ, or one of the, certainly, well, certainly the one who, who perfected it, of having two turntables at once, because remember back in the day, you mm -hmm. know, everything was on vinyl, 
he was the first one to have two, so the music was uh, constant. So you could change over, play one, change the record. So nobody could hear the screams of the children <laughs> in the basement of the club. <laughs> I need continual music. <laughs> um, so Jimmy Savile was a, an English DJ, television and radio personality who hosted such BBC shows as Top of the Pops and Jim Will Fix It. Can I just say that he didn't start off as a DJ, did he? He was down the coal mine. He was down the coal mine, I was going to tell you that in a minute. Do you okay, know something sorry. else that he did that uh, brings shame for me to say? He did a bit of professional wrestling. He did. He did. He did. he did. And just to show that the tendrils of Savile enter everything and ruin everything, I actually won something in a fucking competition one of the first times ever. It was a, a DVD from the Daily Star, um, a best of ITV uh, wrestling, right. which my mother used to fucking love, which is why oh, I'm... Oh, my nan used to love that shit. This yeah. is why I'm such a wrestling fan. She was fucking obsessed with it from when I was crawling around. So... Uh, you had to write in and say why you deserve the DVD and I just wrote in a memory of watching it with me mum. I won! They sent me a DVD. Well, not long ago, because I've moved house and lots of my stuff's at my mum's and that, and I was looking at DVDs. Which DVDs do I actually need to keep and which are, you know, because DVDs are pretty obsolete. Find this ITV DVD and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, watch this, I love this. I turn it over, who's there on the back? <laughs> <laughs> who's there? Is it Jimmy? It's Jimmy! So that had to fucking go. There was nothing to him, though. How the fuck did he wrestle? Oh, he was a sort of comedy spot. You know, he got thrown around a bit by uh, somebody bigger. That's interesting. Yeah. Say, well, he was just working down pit. Yeah. I so say he went down the pit, didn't he? So he was quite bulky, wasn't he? Even if you. He mm, might have been in his bit. younger days. He was yeah. wiry, wasn't he? I yeah. Think. Skinny and wiry. But anyway, yeah, fuck him. He even sullied wrestling. Yeah, well, he sullied a lot of things, to be fair. Like. <laughs> um, he raised an estimated £40 million for charity. And the time of his death was widely praised for his personal qualities and his fundraising. BBC did a big old special on him, didn't they? Uh, or as a member, a friend of mine on Facebook, on the day of Savile's death, praising the hell out of him, saying what a wonderful person he was, all them marathons he was running into his mm. 70s and, you know, raising that money. And, and at the time, hey, we all got caught by that sucker punch, didn't we? Of course. We, he was a fucking cover, living saint. Perfect cover. To the public. Yeah. Yeah. Even, I, I was watching... Weird, but a living saint. I put funny songs into YouTube. Funny songs, right? Not adult sort of you, like kids, like funny... Show me the way to Amarillo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That came up because the video is funny, isn't it? He's walking along and lots of different... Oh, on the treadmills. Who fucking appears next to him? Jimmy. Little fucking Jimmy. He was like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> He's everywhere. He was. Well, he was. What happened to children in need? He wasn't on that. I'll get to that. <laughs> oh, right. Oh. Did, was somebody in the know? Well, yeah. After his death in 2011, hundreds of allegations of sexual abuse were made against him. And this led the police to believe that Savile had been a predatory sex offender and possibly one of Britain's most prolific. There had always been allegations during his lifetime, but these were dismissed and the accusers ignored. Savile even took legal action against some, including the Sun newspaper. <laughs> so, his early life he worked as a coal miner, as he said, but picked up a spinal injury, for some reason did a bit of wrestling, <laughs> and then he began a career playing records in and managing dance halls. His media career started as a DJ at uh, Radio Luxembourg. Do you know what that is? It was the... wasn't it the preliminary... It was before Radio 1, wasn't it? Yeah, basically, back in the day, all Radio mm. was was a man with a received pronunciation accent talking mm. at you, like, this is the BBC World Service. Uh, 
and the, it was people like Radio Caroline and Radio Luxembourg were they pirate were radio stations. Yeah, no, Radio Luxembourg was actually in Luxembourg. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, was it? Ah. They used to. Uh, oh, they could only transmit between certain times of the night mm. because of the, uh, the the ionosphere picking up bouncing the signal over to Britain and Europe. Oh, mm. awesome. So they could only transmit between a couple of hours a night. Mm. But they played pop music, and that's awesome. obviously we're talking 1958. Hey, so, pop fans! Um, remember, they all most. DJs who were also mm. charged with sex offences later on started off at either Caroline or Luxembourg. Basically, mm. it was all one big mm. sort of club. I've seen the movie Rock the Boat. Yeah, I remember the boat sank though, didn't it? So they couldn't have <laughs> Caroline anymore. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> it was just—it was basically just fucking rusting Hulk, effectively. Mm. Just uh, just out yeah. of, of British international waters where they could broadcast. Yeah, it got sank in a storm. Huh. It did turn into. BBC Radio One. Yeah, effectively, it? yeah. Oh. Which is I'm shit. We're too old to listen to that now. I used to listen to it. Did you? Yeah. Can you believe it? I used to like Chris Moyles in the morning. Yeah, so did I. I used to. I preferred his uh, afternoon show. I used to catch more. I was mm. on two ten at the time. Yeah, it was um, back in the day. Uh, I'm yeah, a, I'm more of a world service man. <laughs> Mike sits there shipping forecast. I'm going quarter to four every morning to listen to that. Even though I live about 50 miles from the sea, it's like poetry. 50 more than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's interesting, though, that Jimmy um, did develop a reputation for eccentricity and flamboyance, and you can tell that by his dress sense. Yeah. The gold, the cigar, the glasses, the haircut in particular is just fucking strange. The little shorts I always found. Little shorts are a bit disturbing, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He looked like a creep, didn't he? On the, on the last... He looked like a fucking uber creep. On the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, on the last Theroux episode, the, the interview with him, he's in mm. Louis Theroux's house and they, they seem quite pally and Savile's wearing these little gold shorts and a fucking fishnet top. Mm. And you're like, Ooh, I wouldn't like to be there with that sleepover. Uh. <laughs> and the mad weird scientist hair. Yeah. It's not even weird scientist or hair. It's like, hair. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's <laughs> what it is. Well, we know that now. We didn't. We didn't but he was always, always something a bit weird about it. He was it, always it? weird. I mean, I used to watch Jim or Fix It, not mm. prolifically, but now and again. To be fair. And mainly now and again, because my parents didn't like him very much. They thought he was creepy. So it was like one of them mm. sort of. If no one really minded, it'd be on. It was like a prime time TV show, five o'clock. It was massive. Yeah. It was huge. Anyway. Oh, no, and don't forget, never mind, Jim will fix it. Top of the Pops. Mm. Exactly. That was a, one of the biggest shows on TV. Yeah. Again, I didn't like pop music, so I didn't watch that yeah. either. But that oh, was yeah. the, first, the first, he did the first edition of that in 1964. I'm untouchable, me. I'm a fucking <laughs> DJ. In the 70s. That's more powerful than a fucking Power Ranger! <laughs> oh, in 1970s Britain there was fuck all else going on, I mean, let's face it. <laughs> That's what I mean, they were, they were pretty powerful. They must have been, I don't know, why did they fucking think, why did they have the ego to think they could fucking do shit like that on camera and get away with it? Yeah. Maybe they never thought, like, maybe they thought, oh, this isn't kept. You know, it goes out live and it's just, nobody be looking at yeah. this in, you know, 30 fucking years. Oh, man. Sorry, Ben, what was next? I was going to say that he really sort of pumped himself into public consciousness <laughs> with um, Jim will Fix It. He pumped himself into a lot of things. Which, which you know, aired from 1975 until 1994, Jim will Fix It. It went on for that long. I do remember it. Um, which he arranged the wishes of viewers, mainly children, to come true. I wrote into that show as a child. 
had a lucky escape, really. <laughs> Just well, a bit. Or you've been even good enough for Jimmy Savile. <laughs> well, you don't have to send a picture in. It's just a letter. <laughs> you can tell yeah. when you're handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> that guy looks like a fucking dickhead. <laughs> you can tell even then. Uh, he was noted for his fundraising and supporting charities and hospitals, including Stoke Mandeville Hospital, Leeds General Infirmary, and Broadmoor Hospital. He, he basically was... built fucking hospitals, didn't he? Yeah, it's he, not an exaggeration. He built wings, he fucking donated yeah. money, built wings to hospitals, rooms to hospitals, wards, everything. Because that's key to the fucking story, isn't it? Yeah. Really, the fact that it's not just raising a bit of money for charity and running the... This guy... 40 million was the figure you gave, wasn't it? That's yeah. a considerable amount. Yeah. There's the building of wings. It was the spinal injury unit at mm. Stoke Mandeville, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like an evil name? Stoke Mandeville. Stoke Mandeville. <laughs> Castle Stoke Mandeville. <laughs> where the monsters pray. <laughs> well, they do, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was given the OBE in 1971, and he was knighted in 1990. Uh, we've got a video from This Is Your Life now where he talks about why he's a, still a confirmed bachelor even though his years are progressing. Because this was a thing with him. He's like, why is this guy still single? I mean, he's he's, he's a TV presenter. Well, he's a bit like a priest. Well, a bit Never like, married. A bit like Cliff he's as well, isn't it? it? Hey, there's nothing been fucking proven about Cliff. Yeah, he's dodgy. Allegedly. Allegedly dodgy. Mistletoe mm. and wine. If I had a gun, I'd shoot you now. touching <laughs> my throbbing vine. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> that's, that's what Cliff Richard sings. Apparently so. So, um... Allegedly. Let's see what he has to say. This is from a is show that called... Him? Yeah, This Is Your Life. Yeah. Uh, there was used to be a show where they get celebrities on and they basically tell them what they've done over the years. Yeah, and... this is actually Is This Your Life. A... Oh, this different show? Yeah, different show. Oh, right, sorry. Basically, it's just interviewing about why he was a bachelor and all that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. With that age, you began spinning discs. Being a DJ, of course, didn't just bring you fame; it brought you girls, lots of girls. Did it? Well, I think it did. Well, goodbye. You nice said it did. You. We spoke goodbye to a long-time friend of yours. Did you? Who knows about these things? Oh, Bunny Lewis. Oh, Here yes. he is. Yes. There was a funny little hotel tucked away up not that far from Tottenham Court Road, um, where Jim used to go, whereas other disc jockeys, which he was at the time, um, used to go to quite smart um, hostelries around the town, Jim would go to this very small one where he'd have his bicycle tethered at the back, whether that was for a quick getaway or not, I'm not sure. And um, um, We'd sometimes have a bit of fun around there if we'd been involved in a programme together or something like that. And uh, we had a few friends there because a lot of other artists are there. And um, one in particular, Jim might remember, called Norma. I don't know whether you'd like to ask him about her. Well, Sir Jim, I think I would like to ask you about Norma. Tell us. I don't mind getting Bunny off the hook because he's married. <laughs> Now, then his, his girlfriend was called Norma. And he has now fixed it for me to get him off the hook with his missus. So, me being single and few bob in the building society, yes, Norma, a lovely girl. I'm the French idea who she was. So, you don't remember Norma? 
Of course, like it was yesterday, and it wasn't Bobby's girl at all. He has never been unfaithful in his entire life. It was me. Uh, it was me who was beastly with what? What do they call her again? Norma. 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 Yes. Maybe would... there were too many, Jimmy, to remember. Hey. Maybe there were too many. Yes. Well, no man need be ashamed of his working clothes. And I've you kept through, your clothes on. Well, I've gone through life being a sex symbol. And <laughs> she's laughing. We also spoke to oh. Charles Halligan. Oh, did you? Your close friend Ooh. and colleague from Leeds General Infirmary. Oh, she to told make. us this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a. He hid it well, but when that guy came on and said, "Oh, we used to have this little backstreet hotel," and there was almost a look of panic on his face. Mm. So as if to say, you better not fucking mm. drop me in this here. And then when he said, oh, I used to go as well, he visibly relaxed then. Yeah. You can yeah. see him sort of slump back a little bit. The signs <sighs> are there, aren't they? I mean, you pick up, but knowing what we know now, you yeah. can pick that up. In hindsight, Did yeah. anyone else pick that up, or was it just well, yeah, me well, watching yeah. him and thinking, The whole well, thing sounded dodgy. And yeah. how creepy is his fucking mate? Just, you know... So they've got some fucking little knocking shop they go yeah. to, some little fucking, and you say most people go to nice hotels, this was a shithole. And he's got his bike parked out, yeah. Germany outside the back, quick well, getaway. Quick escape. What horrible seedy yeah. little story on this, is you're like, oh yeah, me and my mate Jim, we used to go to a <laughs> shitty little bed sit, little flea ridden fucking hotel, and we used to take low rent fucking rent boys, rent girls, whatever the fuck they were. Whatever. Oh, and God. be beastly to them. You say, yeah, that was his yeah. fucking low, who was I beastly with? Beastly. Do you want a bit more? What a fucking turn of Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> He's always had a knife for the ladies. Um, young ones as well. When I say young, I mean, you know, the proper age. 16 upwards. <laughs> and uh, he's always had one. His philosophy would never get married because I don't think he could stick with the person more than three days. And I don't think he can still stick it with anybody more than three days. Is he right? When it comes to women, you've got a short attention span? No, women know too much. I'm all for girls that don't know too much. It's a different class, you see. Uh, when you are single, it's because of some reason that you like being single. Uh, uh, Jesus didn't find any problem with it. I don't find any problem with it. Uh, a lot of the time, <laughs> people say, what? You're still single, you've never got married. Why didn't you get married? The answer is, I have the faintest idea. But we don't, don't believe know. that J Jesus was quite a ladies' man, though you don't are, know. or have said you were. No, 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 he used to knock about with the ladies, it says so in the book. He went in the, the, the ucky house, he was talking to them in the ucky house. Uh, Did you so get, he, you, he it, was ducking and diving. So you were like him too? You no, were I'm not thing. like him at all. I mean, I'm just saying that another famous person, he's a famous person. He was single, it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. But do you get bored after three days with the same no, female company no, as uh, your friend was saying? I'd stay with them for the rest of the They get bored with me. I'm a very boring fella. But if they get bored with you or you get bored with them or whatever, mm. we're talking about a life, are we, in the 60s and 70s of lots of lovers, lots of female company? Oh, that's a long time ago. I've forgotten now. You can't remember how many? No, with the marks. I've got there any marks there. I don't know. Well, they've healed rather well. healed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's dodgy. Again, as someone. The marks. The marks gone. Yeah, almost. He, if, if you say you date a lot of women, he wouldn't point to mm. like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why have you got marks? You used to get scratched <laughs> yeah. and off. That's what I mean. Yeah. 
And he just basically compared himself to Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> saying that Jesus was having it off with the prostitutes. Well, he's just knocking around Mary Magdalene, allegedly. She was a prostitute. <laughs> I think everything to do with Jesus is allegedly, isn't it? Have you had lots of female I would hope so, because being alive a long time, I would have hoped that one would have had lots and lots of them. But, uh, but I've got remember? this terrible... Me- oh, unfortunately, no, you see. I've got this... And anyway, I'm not... I never have been a grass. And a gentleman never grasses on ladies that is ever... But we're not asking for names, we're oh. just asking for the general principle. Oh, so I mean... We just I mean, want to know if you live this sort of life of the DJ. <laughs> yeah, give or take a, a good nice lady. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you, uh, a gentleman doesn't ever speak of ladies. I, mean, I don't know where you come from. I mean, I don't know what your circles are, but my circle, ladies, are very... You don't grass on them. No, all my mother ever told me was not to eat while I was talking, but that was another issue. Um, Bananas weren't around in those days. <laughs> Why have you shied away from close relationships with women? I'm quite happy to have a few close relationships tonight, if anybody's not spoken for. But why in the past have you... Well, after the Joe ladies, a few close relationships, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm sure the offer will be taken up, but why good, in the past... Good, good. Why in the past have you avoided... I've been again. Why in the past have you avoided close relationships? Because I've never been in the same town more than about 48 hours at any one time. It's just a lifestyle I've got, it's not my fault. But if you met somebody that you felt that you wanted to be close to, that I fell in love every day of my life. Oh, every day of my life I fall in love. Two, three, four times a day. I could get married immediately. Except the lights change and you have to drive off because they're going the other way or, or, or the train pulls out of the station and you're going, I want to marry you. But on the platform. No, I, I, my passions are very near the surface. But I get well, well in love if, very quickly. But therefore, from the way you talk, have, have relationships and sex been hey? casual? <laughs> Is that a casual matter for you? You mentioned the S word. Well, we had to get round to it eventually. Did you? Well... Oh, you're talking to the wrong guy here. Oh, Mr. No Grass here. Is it just casual? What? Sexual relationships. <laughs> what relationships? This is a fury. Yeah. He's not funny. No, but you can... It's, it's got to be the early 80s, hasn't it? Mm. Early 90s, maybe. Even I don't know, I don't recall that dude who's interviewing interviewing. No, I don't recall the, host, the show. He's the host of what's it? The politics yeah, show thing. Andrew Neil, isn't it? That's isn't it, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's usually quite a tough interviewer, isn't he, on some people? Mm-hmm. Well he's trying to be tough, but Savile's mm-hmm. just trying to deflect it, isn't he, with a botched think, attempts at humour. Do you think in a roundabout way Mr Andrew there, Mr Neil, is trying to get to the is he trying to Get to the bottom of the. I think he might know something. Yeah, that's the. He must have heard the rumours because he seems yeah. very obsessed with his sex life and he hasn't moved on to anything else. No. Oh, excuse me, listener. Sorry. Well, um, you just belch and you don't got me for doing that. Listen, we discussed this last time. I belched. I just belched accidentally and apologise for it. You literally <laughs> belched a response word. Mike asked you a question. <laughs> And you belched the response. That is a lot different. That is classy, mate. That's what that is. (laughs) Fucking. It's as classy as Mr. Savile's tracksuit. I grew up in Dorley. (laughs) We should describe on this. You can find this video on YouTube if you want to. He's wearing like weird 80s wacky glasses. 
And uh, what colour would you describe that shell suit as? I'd say like an off pink. Mm. An off pink, yeah. It's sort of the, the colour that only a shell suit can be. Yes, that's <laughs> the best way to describe it. You see that colour on anything else. In... Oh, good old shell suits, I remember them. I had a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my sister so matching. Oh! oh wow. think, if I'm honest, I think me and my brothers. <laughs> yeah. Me and my one brother did, I think. Yeah. Well, this is why well, I'm glad to be an only child, like I said, for myself. <laughs> uh, you know, can't blame my parents. I had an orange one, definitely. Bright orange. I think I had a purple. Oh. I remember <laughs> a, a navy blue with white piping. <laughs> 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 I shell suit, but yeah, Jimmy's rocking a horrible one. In all fairness, he was a, an aficionado of the shell suit, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he did love a shell suit. Wore got, them long after they'd gone out of fashion. He's got a lot of gold jingle jangle jewellery on. We have a catchphrase of his. And he just whips out a banana in the middle of the interview and starts eating it. Well, he's low on potassium gas. Well, is, or is that to just deflect? Is it That's, like, is I'm it, trying to show that I'm cool, but secretly I'm thinking, will you fucking move on to a different fucking yeah, topic? Pretty much, for yeah. For fuck's sake, it's getting dangerously close to the fact that I fuck kids. I think the all last the... bloke you had on, his mate literally said, he likes <laughs> young girls, or, or not. Not too young. 16, um, legal, um, like, the, the, yeah. The legal age, 16, like, and Jimmy's like, oh, hello. Uh. He lit he's literally just fucking said it. Yeah. And isn't 16's not the legal fucking age, is no, it? No, it is, it yeah, is, 16, yeah. for heterosexual is, relationships yeah. in this country, yeah, 16. Fuck. Man, I'm sorry, my mind's just What was that out. story about the 16-year-old? It's not that long. Oh, it's on the article later on. Okay. I was saying it's not that many years. It's literally only 10 years, then. Until I would literally have to be defending the house against 16-year-old boys. Yeah, pretty much. And I'd be like, it's legal, man. And I'd be like, not in the rules of my house. Sourcepin to the brain. Edge first or the flat? Either, I don't know. I'll be in the throes of red mist or whatever. <laughs> whichever, whichever gets you'll, the fucking job done. Gaz. In two or three years' time, you'll be doing that. It'll be Brexit. It'll be a post-apocalyptic <laughs> wasteland inside. You'll be defending your house against raiders. It'll be fine. You'll oh, just... no. <laughs> Take the kids, leave the PlayStation. <laughs> you heard me now, fucker. <laughs> There's no one to sit in and work the PlayStation. <laughs> Leona, my girlfriend, she's on a bike. She, she loves me that much. She will generate the electric for my PlayStation. Right? Not after you let her kids be taken off. <laughs> She'll be glad less mouths to feed. <laughs> Likely that we'll survive. We've got stronger buddies. <laughs> well, after all that cycling, you will have you. Yeah? <laughs> oh, she will. <laughs> I would have developed excellent hand-eye coordination from and, all the gaming and several bed sores from just lying <laughs> on the sofa in your own filth. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm dealing with the post-Brexit apocalypse. Well, yeah. should we, should we change the name of the podcast to the Brexopolis? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Through the pull of the post, post truth Brexopolis. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> Uh, so let's get back to Savile. Oh yeah, the monster. No, <laughs> uh, he died in um, October 2011. In October 2012, an ITV documentary examines claims of sexual abuse by Savile and led to extensive media coverage and a substantial and rapidly growing body of witness statements and sexual abuse claims including accusations against public bodies, notably the BBC, for covering it up. Mm. Scotland Yard launched a criminal investigation into allegations of child sex abuse by Savile spanning six decades. Describing him as a predatory sex offender and stated they were pursuing more than 400 lines of inquiry based on the testimony of 300 potential victims via 14 police forces across the UK. 
that's the scale of this. It's literally the length and the breadth of the country. And by late October 2012, the scandal resulted in inquiries and reviews of the BBC, the NHS, the Crown Prosecution Service and the Department of Health. In June 2014, investigations into Savile's activities in 28 NHS hospitals, including Leeds General Infirmary and Broadmoor Psychiatric Hospital, concluded he had sexually assaulted staff and patients aged between 5 and 75 wow. over several decades. In January 2013, a joint report by the NSPCC, the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, and the Met Police stated 450 people had made complaints against Savile from 1955 to 2009, and these ages were anywhere between 8 and 47, mm -hmm. including 28 children aged under 10, including 10 boys as young as 8, 63 girls between 13 and 16, three quarters of his victims aged, were aged under 18, there were 214 criminal offences recorded, 34 rapes, and that was across 28 police forces. Fuck. He travelled around. Well, as he said in that thing, he's never in the same place before, J.T. I was... How do know why? Well, yeah, because he leaves with yeah. a fucking slew of raped children. Some dyslexic thugs uh, beat up Jimmy Somerville around this time. <laughs> oh. That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. Did he write that song? Oh, what's that? No, hang on. What was his song? Oh, I don't know. Jimmy, oh, Jimmy, someone else. I'm thinking of someone else. I don't know. I'm thinking. Oh, I'm thinking of someone completely different. Yeah, just written it. Yeah. Never mind. Either way, during Savile's lifetime, sporadic allegations of child abuse were made against him, but were only widely publicised after his death. Now he claimed the key to his success. On Jim will fix it and shows like uh, what was your on my click clunk clunk click clunk click. That was a public service. He did a show as well, called it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, we had various pop stars on there. Gary Glitter was a frequent visitor, yeah. surprisingly, and they got like ill children at the hospitals and you know disadvantaged children in the audience. They could meet their heroes. Come on, come on! I'm coming! I'm coming! <laughs> come on, come on! So, um, so he, claimed, <laughs> he claimed he disliked children and then later admitted to saying this to deflect scrutiny of his personal life. So if I say eight kids, they're not going to look for me mm. for doing this. He did not own a computer as he didn't want anyone to think he was downloading child pornography. Well, Andy was probably too fucking stupid to use. To be fair, did, did he need it? No, he didn't. He had access to vulnerable children whenever yeah. he wanted. Yeah, he doesn't need, he, he need to download it. It's on tap for him. Yeah. Didn't he go to some of these hospitals and get handed the keys and would yeah. just be free to roam? Broadmoor Hospital. He had, he had a house a place for in the grounds, yeah, yeah, and the keys yeah. to everywhere. Yeah, he used to go around as a supporter. He'd like, oh, look at Jimmy volunteering at the hospital as a porter. Look at that rich bloke, he's doing that. He's just pushing stuff around, taking stuff out of the rooms. No, he's going in the rooms. He's got fucking access, hasn't he? But because he was such a, a saint in the yeah. eyes of the public, well, there were... Nurses and when you used to have the um, the sisters on the ward back mm. in the day who ruled the ward, mm. some of them did refuse him access because they didn't like him. Good, because he must have set off the creep alarm mm. to some people. Did you? Could you find we could to play at some point, Mike, on YouTube? Have you ever heard Johnny Rotten? Yeah. I've got his quotes and in, in oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I've got oh, his awesome. little speech. Because some people try, like, he obviously tried, but that footage didn't emerge till. 
the sort of YouTube age, did it? I'll kill them both, man. Sorry. Do you know what I mean? That footage never got out back in the day, did it? There was no means for it to get out. No, you're right, man. I'll make another one in a bit. Sorry. Inside baseball, we're talking yeah. joint politics. Split um, politics. Split politics. Yes, do you know what I mean? Johnny said that in an interview, but that interview was just buried shit canned, yeah, wasn't it? it was but there's yeah. no internet, no way of it getting out and being shared. It's only when YouTube hit, it's resurfaced. Yeah. But I'm sure it's been viewed millions of times. And he now. says, they'll cut this out, and they did. Well, but I'll, get, I'll get to that in a moment. His autobiography, As It Happens, which was written in 1974, <laughs> uh, contains admissions of improper sexual conduct. Oh, really? Which uh, appeared to pass unnoticed during his lifetime. Fucking hell. Former Sex Pistols vocalist John, is it, is it pronounced as Lydon or Lydon. Lydon? Alluded to sordid conduct by Savile as well as suppression of widely held knowledge about such activity. In an October 1978 interview for BBC Radio 1, Lydon stated, and I quote, I'd like to kill Jimmy Savile. I think he's a hypocrite. I bet he's into all kinds of seediness that we, know, that we all know about but are not allowed to talk about. I know some rumours. He added, I bet none of this will be allowed out, end of quote. As predicted, that segment was cut. Well, good old Johnny. See, he's he didn't do much, did he? No, see, I don't like him very much. I, not what he said there, I can, mm. you know, but as a person, you know, what was it? Sex Pistol singer, speaks anarchy in the UK, all anti-establishment, marries the daughter of a lord. Go yeah. fuck yourself, Johnny. Well, that's love. Yep, straddles the class boundaries, isn't it, guys? Yeah, I don't think Johnny's particularly get, got any influence. No, no, he's strutting around in tweed, pretending to be some fucking country gentleman when he was the fucking founding, allegedly one of the well, founders of punk in the UK. Well, the Sex Pistols were manufactured, weren't they? They were, they were effectively so, the Spice Girls of the well, day. There we go. Yeah, see, it's kind of a misnomer because, yes, they were put together. But I'd Vicious couldn't play the bass. But nobody, well, he had nothing to do with the recording of the music, though, and he came along a lot later. The band that got together. Yeah, he put them together, but he had nothing to do with the actual songwriting. They came up with all that music, just them four guys together. So they were a good fucking band. It's not like they were manufactured in the way of like, oh, I'm going to write all these songs, get a team of songwriters no, in, and, you mean, know. Yeah. Not that kind of manufactured. They were just sort of mm. auditioned, I guess. And then Sid came in later. Matt Luck was kicked out for being just too straight and normal. Sid was brought in basically cause he was a fa he was a fan, but a famous fan because he he was famous on the scene just for being Sid a mad cunt. Yeah, he couldn't play the bass. No, nah, if I remember awful. rightly, they tried to get Lemmy to teach him, mm. and Lemmy told him, "You'll never be a bass player, son. Try something else." Yeah, and during their tour in America, <clears throat> he was so desperate for heroin that he carved "Get Me a Fix" into his chest with a bottle, and oh. you can see it. You can see the gig. He's playing well. Like, pretending to play the bass with a yeah. bleeding get me a fix well, well I'm sure Nancy yeah. helped him out with that well yeah he killed her so did he kill her or did they both OD he murdered didn't he well, they, I can't remember the that's an episode actually that's, that's uh, I think he murdered her definitely an episode I, I know about it but I don't know enough about oh, it oh she got stabbed a lot Yes, and she he, was found with a stab wound yeah, and he, he was, was snapped off it. his face on heroin and yeah. said he didn't know anything about it $50,000 bail, if I remember rightly. Mm. And then he overdosed himself a few days later. I think Sid got stabby. Yeah, so do I. Louis Theroux famously interviewed Sal, well, the first time in 2000. 
and Savile acknowledged that uh, salacious tabloid people had raised rumours about whether or not he was a paedophile. And he said, I know I'm not. And this is where we've got a bit of that interview now. We have. The audio's messed up on it, though. Yeah, I presume that's due to copywriting. The audio is pitched higher, but it's worth a listen. It's a minute and 40 seconds. It's, uh, go for it. We were nearing the end of our time together, and as we headed back to Leeds, it was clear that Jimmy was pleased about the press coverage of his broken ankle. But it struck me that his relationship with the press hasn't always been a happy one. So why do you say in interviews that you hate children when I've seen you with kids and um, you clearly enjoy their company and you have a good rapport with them? Right. Obviously, I don't hate them. Yeah. So why would you say that then? Because we're living in a very funny world. And it's easy for me as a single man to say, I don't like children, because that puts a lot of salacious tabloid people off the hunt. Are you basically saying that so tabloids don't, you know, pursue this whole, uh, is he, isn't he a paedophile yes. line, basically? Yes, yes. All right. How do they know whether I am or not? How does everybody know whether I am? Nobody knows whether I am or not. I know I'm not. So I can tell you from experience that the easy way of doing it when they say, oh, yeah, all them children do not fix it. So yeah, I hate them. Yeah. To me, that sounds more sort of suspicious in a way. Hard luck. Because it seems so impossible. That's my policy. That's the way it goes. Really? That's what I do. And it's worked a dream. Has it worked? A dream. Oh, oh, oh. Why, why have you said in interviews that you don't have emotions? Because it's easier. It's easier. I'll get into that a little bit later on. We've got some psychiatry Is on Jim. Is he a psycho? He's got <laughs> the dark triad, triad yeah. Uh, I'll explain it all. So, but it mm. did start to catch up with him. Mm. In 2007, Savile was interviewed under caution by police investigating an allegation of indecent assault in the 1970s at the now-closed Duncroft-approved school for girls. Uh, this is near Staines in Surrey, and he was a regular visitor. The Crown Prosecution Service advised there was insufficient evidence and no charges were ever brought. And then in March 2008, Savile started legal proceedings against his son, which had linked him to a child abuse to child abuse at a Ch Jersey children's home. He denied ever visiting until a photo emerged of him at the home, uh. surrounded by children. The Jersey police ran an investigation, but once again there was insufficient evidence. So, towards the end of his life... Or someone at the top put a kibosh on the... Of course it is. It's Jimmy! He wouldn't do that. You look at all the marathons he's run. 40 million he's raised! Plus he's Bloke's nearly the... dead anyway, don't worry about it. Plus he's got the keys to the ward. Yeah. All that has to happen yeah. is the chief inspector just says... You know, right. Back off. Yeah, back off. Yeah. We're not putting the, we're not putting our time into that. We're yeah. going on to something else. Yeah. There's other problems. Doesn't even need to give a reason. No. Yeah. And historical sex abuse, remember, this is like the first time in this country, really, that this had been thrust into the limelight. I mean, it must have always gone on. The sheer amount of cases by Jimmy and some of his fellow 70s personalities. Oh, he wasn't the only one, was he? He was not the only one. There was quite a few under investigation and arrested for it. Rolf Harris being the most famous one. Can you tell what it is yet? Oh, I don't know. Jonathan what King. Yeah. The music mogul. We've been back with so many fucking catchphrases. 
You know what I mean? That we used to be able to just say. You want to bring back Jingle Jangle, do you? Well, I don't say I want to bring it back. <laughs> I didn't say I want to bring it back. I just say I'm lamenting the fact that they're gone. Yeah. Can you tell what it is yet? You can't use that one. Can anymore. you guess what it is yet? Fuck. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Kool Aid, fucking. Flavour Aid. Ineffectual lovers. All gravitances. Oh. It's been scientifically proven. Anyway, my point is. <laughs> no, it hasn't. All the, all the, Catchphrases gone because they were all fucking touching what they shouldn't have been. Well, that's it. I mean, they even took Rolf Harris's portrait of the Queen down from uh, whatever palace it was being hung I in. I still like Rolf. Yeah, we used to watch I him may, on telly. I Although I'm more of an heart attack guy, Neil Buchanan. He's well, done. I think I've told this story on the pod before, but it's worth telling again because it's got a surreal edge to it now. It was funny at first, but at Glastonbury, we used to do uh, market stores at festivals. So we had a market store quite near to the pyramid stage, which is the main arena of Glastonbury. And the first person to perform on the main stage of the whole weekend was Rolf Harris. I don't think you have told this story. Yeah, it was a bit of a tradition, a bit of a Glastonbury tradition. But I had the surreal thing of, because we were on the way to the main arena, one of the many ways into the arena. Uh, so thousands of people came past our store for the first, for the opening act. And they were like, Thousands of Rolf Harris masks and his face on sticks and stuff like that. And yeah, it was rammed. Yeah. It was Rolf. a cool toy con, wasn't he? For Rolf. Yeah. Was that every year he opened that or was it just that I one year? I think he had a run of doing it for quite a few. It had turned into a kind of tradition. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was Animal Hospital. Oh, I used to love that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I used to love watching that. So he'd be there crying over a fucking kitten's broken leg, literally crying on camera, but then... He's trying to touch the diddly, little kid. Diddly kids! <laughs> you got it all backwards, bro. I would have judged you less if you diddled the kitten and fucking <laughs> cried over the kid. Would you want to be diddling your kitten? No, but if he's going to diddle something, I'd it's fucking, do you know what I mean? I'd rather he diddle the kitten. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, imagine showing up with the Fuck two little ones in tow of the kitten and roll out there. Uh, bestiality or pedos? Pedos are definitely worse than bestialityists, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they got to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're both pretty low, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, if you found out there was a, a bestiality odo, whatever the fucking. a bestophile living on one. If you had the choice, you're next to a new neighbour, could be a bestophile or a pedophile. <laughs> well, I'd take, well the beast I'd take the beast of fall, but keep me dog inside. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible choice, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know why I'm saying. Why are we talking about that? I don't know. Can we continue with the story? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being professional, damn it. <laughs> For fuck's sake. This episode will land me my dream job on some History Channel documentary. Oh, we commend you for your sterling work on your Savile episode, <laughs> Mr. Ben. You, you dealt with your, your colleagues' vulgar humour. <laughs> Incredibly well, like sir. A professional. Here's a spot on Ancient Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> it would be great, though. <laughs> I'd be so jealous. Right. In 2009... <laughs> Sorry. Savile defended Gary Glitter, who was convicted. <laughs> who was convicted in 1999 of possession of child pornography, whom he described as a celebrity being vilified for watching dodgy films. I'm going to quote Savile here: 
it will refer his own gratification. Whether it was right or wrong is up to him as a person. They, the viewers, didn't do anything wrong, but they are then demonised. That interview was not published at the time and not released until after his death. Uh, that was by an autobiographer he, he was on, going on record with. Wow. He was this cunt, man, you know what I mean? He had the whole of fucking, the whole country in a palm of his hands. He was a nobody from Leeds. Yeah, he's a DJ. Through charity. The charity thing, but he did have a, he knew how to present himself on camera, didn't he? He's, he's never, he's never still, he's always mm. talking, he's always got some little gimmick to keep you interested. He's he a knows character. That, yeah, exactly. That he, he's a, he, and you, yeah, yeah, the cigar, the jewellery, the outlandish dress, the eccentricity, he's created that character, it, it basically, that sort of takes your perception, oh, he couldn't be that. He couldn't do that. They're all at it, weren't they? Dave Lee Travis, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he was done for it as well under Yew Tree. It's also worth pointing out that in uh, 2012, Sir Roger Jones, a former BBC governor and chairman of BBC charity Children in Need, disclosed that more than a decade before Savile's death, he had banned Savile from involvement in the charity because he felt his behaviour was strange and suspicious, that's in quotes, and had heard unsubstantiated rumours about his activities. Mm. That's iffy. Well, if you know that, yeah. you're ten years before his death, and you're like, well, he's... let's say he only heard that ten years before his death. He'd only heard about those rumours. Yeah. And he went, oh, you're, you're not coming anywhere near it, Jimmy. Mm. Right? Tell somebody, for God's sake, or did he tell somebody he must have to shut up? You want to keep your job? Keep your mouth shut. Possibly. Yeah, maybe it's one You of can them. ban him. No one will raise any eyebrows if he doesn't appear. He's never... Yeah. But... Well, you know? did you know that Jimmy Savile's last request was to have his ashes to be put in an Etch-a-Sketch so that kids could still fiddle with his nose? Oh. <laughs> oh. oh! I didn't write that, it's from the internet. Go on, another one. <laughs> this is one for the UK listeners. When will these Jimmy Savile allegations ever end? Police are now saying that Jeremy Beadle may have had a small hand in it. (laughs) 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 He wasn't a nonce, was he? No, he did have one small hand. He did have one small hand. I'm just wondering if he was a nonce or not. Well, nothing nothing ever came out about him and he was dead before this... Before yeah, Sam, yeah. I he think. could have done much groping with that in land, could he? But if Jimmy, if he abused for all that time, how did they only find out now then? Now then? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, that's enough for now. I was just trying to lighten the mood a little. <laughs> I asked the internet for Jimmy Savile jokes. No? I'm here all week. Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> Can I do the drum thing? Testing! <laughs> Um, a bottle smashes on the wall behind me. <laughs> it's Ben. I'm just over there. <laughs> really is serious this week. <laughs> My aim is better than that. <laughs> right, come um, on then, Mr. You know your precious Saint Diana? She didn't touch any fucking kids. No, she didn't. But oddly, according to a Dickie Arbiter, who was the former Royal Press Secretary, Savile acted as an informal marriage counsellor between Charles and Diana in the late 80s. Apparently so, yeah. Well, that explains why they fucking divorced. (laughs) (laughs) You won't believe what he told me to do, Charles. (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't see how that's going to help anybody. I hope he didn't hang around the two, uh, two princes. Oh, God. It's oh. the name of a band, isn't it? No, hang around. No, that's two... a song by a band, Two Princes. It was Spin Doctors was the band who did it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's some obscure 80s. Spin Doctors, Two Princes. I used to like that song. Oh, yeah, I know that song to this day. If you want to call me, baby. Just go ahead now. Yeah, man. Good song. Yeah. Upbeat. Yeah. Better times. <laughs> in a more innocent time. Definitely. Yep. There were still politicians sticking things where they shouldn't. Right, yeah. Sonic was still alive. He's at the peak of his powers at that point. Stalking the corridors of a children's hospital. Dress as a porter. It is, isn't it? Dress as a porter going into rooms and doing things. At Stoke Mandeville. Oh, it just sounds rank. Everyone else would, would, you know, they'd done the show, top of the party. (coughs) Seen some interviews and stuff, and they'd say, Mm. oh, everyone else would go out, have a drink. Mm. Jimmy... Wouldn't he go and do night portrait in the hospital and everyone would think... Yeah. Oh, what a guy. What a guy, you know. You know, mm. this man, he... Fuck well, it. But he used to, at the end of the top of the pops, he'd have all the, the young girls he wanted to meet and be lined up in his, against the wall to his dressing room door. And he'd be like, he walked down, you, 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 the rest of you come back tomorrow. And he'd take them in. No one, he locked his door, no one else went in. You know, it's... It's incredible, isn't it? At the BBC. <laughs> well, that's why... Oh, we've just answered your question, you see. The head of Children in Need, giant charity, says, no, Jimmy, you're banned from this event. The reason, I think maybe, that you couldn't say anything was that this was a conspiracy which eventually, we did see, dragged the entire BBC's name... Yep. Oh, yeah. ...through the shitter. But in that case, then, why keep employing him? Well... Why just quietly get pay him off a minute? He was in his... his He's it's keep your enemies, enemies. Enemies. Keep your enemies yeah. close that's as well. Isn't they it? might have yeah. something. They, he might have something on the oh, end of the BBC. You can guarantee well, you that he's been at parties. It was happening on their property. Yeah. Yeah. And let's face it, you can guarantee if it's all these all these sex cults yeah. clubs are to be believed, he's been there with some powerful people. These politicians. Yeah. The thing with head of the BBC, like Mike said, I mean, the thing with institutions is they don't want this stuff coming out because yeah. it looks bad. So yeah. they suppress it. It affects shares. The footballers, the young footballers that were raped mm. yeah, recently, that all that, that came out, and the clubs suppressed it because it's it's bad publicity. Yeah, very bad. So quite rightly, but yeah, I think the B and the BBC is a huge, powerful organisation. Of course, it's handed around, but it's government funded as well, and yeah. public money funded, motherfuckers. I hate the TV license. I used to not mind it because I was uh, idealistic and I believed that it was, you know, I believed in it. I really. You did. believed it was impartial. I, yeah, I did. That was the thing. I thought anymore. we need this. It's worth paying for, and I did consume most of my stuff from the BBC. I listened to a lot of radio. Anyway, but now I feel like I feel like a fucking a robbery from me because I don't. Back in the day, it was different when you had before the internet. Remember this, when you only had a choice between like four to five channels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember it was four. Four. Yeah. And like, I remember there being three. So it actually mad, it was significantly. Yeah. The 1991 Channel 4. No, it was the 80s, Channel 4, 84, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when Channel 5. I don't right, remember the th- honestly, I don't remember the three, and I'm a year older than you. No, I'm just getting confused then. I remember when Channel 5 started, for sure. Yeah, that was yeah, the guy had to, the guy had to, channel. If you couldn't get your channel to work, <laughs> a guy had to come round yeah. your house mm-hmm. and, and tune your telly, didn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. 
But you know, yeah, I think we have to have the guy around. The fifth channel. So our telly was really old and it wouldn't pick it up. He had to come round and put something in the back of it. Yeah. And it was on the, on the opening night, the Spice Girls, didn't they? they That's it? right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spice up your life. Uh, and, they saw, and they showed porn at nine every Friday, softcore porn after nine. Ooh, yeah. Teenage me liked that channel. Spankity spank spank. The thing is, yeah. I used to believe, I, in an idealistic way, in the licence fee in the BBC, but now in my cynical mid-thirties, I think, fuck them. I don't watch that much of it, but they still demand, you know, the fact that I've got a TV means I have yeah. to pay them. I basically pay for match of the day. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking ridiculous. I'm Peaky Blinders. I'm Peaky Blinders. I, watch, I do watch well, a, a few BBC things, yeah. shows, but... That Dynastis was good. Mm. Oh, I haven't watched any of them yet. But anyway, where were we with the BBC? Is not impartial yeah. anymore. The BB and the BBC—they're interested in this suppressing this story because they did do a special on the after he died, like a blowing and smoke up his ass kind of. Yeah. He, what a great man we've lost kind of program that went out. It's worth noting that uh, it was ITV that uh, broke this. Which is mm. our channel three. I've already loved it. Three. Newsnight was meant to break it, wasn't it? Mm. But they, uh, they called, decided not they to call the show, it. didn't they? Yeah. September twenty eighth, twenty twelve, the other side of Jimmy Savile documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, this revealed claims by up to ten women, one aged fourteen at the time, that they had been raped or molested by Savile during the sixties and seventies. There is a timeline coming now. Mm -hmm. So all progresses, all progresses very quickly. So on September the 28th, 2012, 19th of October. So by the 19th of October, mm -hmm. this documentary has been on the air not even a month, literally mm -hmm. two weeks. Mm -hmm. Police are pursuing 400 lines of inquiry from 200 witnesses. Fuck you, Describing the... And they, they then go on to describe the abuse on an unprecedented scale and the number of potential victims as, quote, staggering. Investigation is then named Operation U-Tree, you've probably heard of that. Yeah. I'm sure the listeners will have as well. Made, I'd imagine, worldwide news, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, cause I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it because he, he mispronounces Savile, like an American say Seville. Ah. Jimmy Seville. But, you know. That is nonsense. By the way, let's do it. Wanna, after a series of nonsense-related episodes, Q and on this one in the and, Gary uh, Glitter Band, <laughs> we're back with no more nonsense for six months. That's the rule, all right? The Gary Glitter Gang. <laughs> no one wants to be in his gang. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now we come to the 25th of October, so another week. Number of possible victims is approaching 300. 12th of November, same year. 450 victims had contacted the police in the 10 weeks since the investigation had started. 199 crimes, 17 police force areas, among them 31 allegations of rape in 7 of those force areas, 82% are female, 80% are children or young people at the time. Here it is, Merry Christmas, everybody's having fun. Fuck me. No, not you, Jimmy. <laughs> so yeah, this monster. I don't have speech, I don't know what's, what we read your notes. Right. 
We then get allegations from Broadmoor staff members, which is the psychiatric hospital, that claim that Savile had told them he had engaged in necrophilic acts in their mortuary in Leeds. Savile was, clo was close friends with the chief mortician who gave him near unrestricted access. Here, do you mind if I go in there? <laughs> who do you ask you close? Do you mind if I just uh, have the keys? What do you want? What do you want to go in there? I, I just like being with the dead. <coughs> it reminds me of mother. I lay with her for three days. Yeah, it, it's just it's very peaceful. Just <laughs> only going to be sleep next to a cold yeah. body. <laughs> Why are you locking yourself in there, dude? Fuck off, will you now? <laughs> have you fucked? Good. Yeah, I'm so I'm, I'm trying to make it funny. It's not funny. It's it, as if he couldn't get any more monstrous. So he's travelling around the country. Using his celebrity in his position as a, a as a man known as a charitable yeah. sort of saint to force himself upon young people, old people, mostly young people, but all sorts of ages. And dead and it, people. I was about to say, if that is not monster enough, and we're talking 400-odd victims that have actually come forward, if that's not enough, he's then got to start fucking around with dead people. And, and do you know the rumour of the fact that he stole the fucking eyeball? Yeah, put it in a ring. Made it into, stole a glass eye and made it into jewellery. I'm going to fact, we don't normally, if this is your first episode, um, one of our catchphrases of the show is that you, listener, are the fact checker. We don't normally do on-air research, but I'm going to check the validity of, validity of this rumour. Keep reading. Um, my theory is that it's escalation on his part. Yeah. Just doing the kids isn't enough for him anymore. It's that last taboo. Well, you tried you've old people break, as well. You've got to break that next taboo, otherwise you don't get that that, yeah. that buzz. So I've tried the extremely young. He's tried the yeah. extremely old. He's grown dispelled. He's, he's, no, he's got away with it on live camera. Yeah, I've done it. All. You know what's, I, what, next? what's next? And you know he's he's Dead looking people. for that next thing. And I think that's that's why it went. It, who knows? It could have led to that, or maybe he'd done it. But that's my theory. It's escalation on his part, and he does have. The, the dark triad of mental things that um, you need for, to be this kind of character. Okay, should I um, read you this little yeah. bit? Oh, God. Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. This is from... Uh, it is from the Daily Mail, but never mind. Glass eyes stolen from corpse by Savile, who made it into a necklace, was sold at charity auction for £75. And he, he wore it on the final top of the pups, where he also groped a child. Oof. Um, a glass eye stolen from a corpse by Jimmy Savile, which he then made into a trophy necklace, was sold at a charity auction after his death. It is believed to have been worn by the paedophile DJ as he co-presented the final episode of Top of the Pups at BBC Television Centre in 2006, where he also groped a child. An official NHS report revealed yesterday Savile had bragged about stealing glass eyes from the sockets of the dead at Leeds General Infirmary and he had them made into rings and medallions. Oof. There's a picture of it here. It literally is just a glass eye in the middle of a piece of gold. It's horrific. He also said that he enjoyed interfering with the bodies and one witness told investigators that he had been seen having sex with a corpse. Fucking hell. Before he died, he asked that his possessions be sold to raise money for his charity, and the necklace with a glass eye at the centre sold for $75 at 
on July 30th, 2012. Who the fuck's buying that? There's literally, that's that just before all the, that's before yeah. all the allegations. But still, so some cunt still got I think it's the thing that was going to charity. $75, all right, yeah. These people have got, forget the loans. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's these charity funds. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, wait, I'll wait for the thing that hasn't got a glass eye in the middle yeah, of it. <laughs> the thing is, it's a bit of, a bit of memorabilia, isn't it? You've got to make a profit uh, on that in, in a few years' time. It literally you know, does. quid, it's quite low, isn't it? It literally does say, the scale of Savile's crimes was never exposed until later that year, so dozens attended the Leeds auction, happy to buy his possessions. And they loved him. Yeah, the chilling glass eyes necklace is past... Only became clear yesterday when the mass of NHS reports into his crimes published yesterday revealed how Savile boasted about having sex with corpses and had jewellery made from glass eyes he removed from their bodies. The sick paedophile also gloated to others that he had enjoyed, quote, posing with the corpses and said that he would wheel them around at night at Leeds General Oof. Infirmary. What the fuck? How does he get the glass eyes out the skulls? Well, they just pop out, mate. This oh, he jerky sucks them out. Possibly. Oh. <laughs> Ew. And then, just how nightmarish is it? Think of him. You know what he looks like wheeling around a dead person, like some horrific version of Nightmare at uh, Weekend at Bur Nightmare at Bernie's. Nightmare at Bernie's. Bernie's. That's <laughs> we, what we, we made. We made a very different film. We made a horror film about some necrophiliac who breaks into morgues <laughs> and reenacts Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Um, with a Jimmy Savile wig on. It's going to have the Jimmy Savile wig on. And we call it Nightmare at Burners. <laughs> Fucking hell. I think you're right, Hope. To That's going to be a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a cult following, do it, definitely. I think career killer. <laughs> we haven't got a career, it's okay. Killed before it's taken off. <laughs> what sort of actors are desperate enough to make that fucking movie? Nicholas Cage, Joe Club Van Damme, Steven Seagal, no. boom. You're setting your sights ways. We're going to have to fucking get junkies to do it for a fucking rock. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Do you want to be in our Jimmy Savile horror movie? No, no. We don't we use the term Jimmy Savile no. at all. But okay. it's loosely based on the tale. <laughs> We don't use the name Jimmy Savile. We'll call him um, we'll call him Bobby Seville. <laughs> the movie's called Now Then Now Then. <laughs> Sorry, Barry Seville. <laughs> there you go. No. <laughs> That's why I don't do the artistic I think stuff. We can write a better script than that if we put our heads together. One that hasn't got a necrophiliac in it. We could do a rom com. What with a corpse? No! Stop adding corpses to everything! It's just a boy and a girl in me! Necrophilia! Mom, we're just not doing a repitch of Weekend at Birdies! You said it doesn't have to be about necrophilia! But this is the story, it was! It could be about anything! We're basing it on this story! Creativity! No, we're not! We're not basing it on this story! Alright, let's move on. It's a terrible idea! Mate, we all touch on making jewellery out of glass eyes. I'm sorry to interrupt, but making, stealing the glass eyes, turning them into jewellery, then having the balls to wear them on television. Yeah. yeah. And then does that fit into your triad of darkness? Because yes, it does. That fucking that. What kind of behaviour is that? Peacocking on a grand psychotic. Yep. But at that point, 2006, he's quite old. He's been getting away with it for donkeys yeah, by then. Yeah, he's untouchable at this point, isn't he? That's, oh, that's just Jimmy, isn't it? That's just Jimmy. That's the kind of thing you wear. Wearing a stolen... An eye you stole from a corpse on television. 
Yeah. He's a monster, isn't he? Isn't he on the level of, like, who's the bloke who made leather things out of people's skin? Ed Gein. Yeah, him. He's on that sort of level, isn't he, really? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. So the development scandal led to inquiries into practices at both the BBC and the NHS. It was alleged that rumours of Savile's activities had circulated the BBC in the 60s and 70s, but no action had been taken. Now in March 2013, the, uh, Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary, so that's the guys who investigate the police, reported that 214 of the complaints that had been made against Savile after his death would have been criminal offences if they had been reported at the time. So we've got the article headline, Mike, Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary. The memo they sent out was titled, Mistakes Were Made, quote. No shit, Sherlock. No, we're not going yeah, to read you that entire article because it's very, very government jargon. And the 61 memo. pages. And the 61 <laughs> pages. And I ain't got all night. So, mistakes were made. Then, interestingly, their motto is inspecting police in the public interest. Yeah, right. Or covering up Savile. So mistakes are made, Gaz. You know I mean, this guy for sixty years, Britain's most predatory paedophile. And necrophilia. Well, you know. Oh, mistakes. I don't know. Made. I don't know how to explain. Like you said, he must have known some fucking yeah, powerful. Fucking just. Oh, I don't know. Just nobody wanted that reality to come out and be. I don't know, maybe he's a clever motherfucker who... I heard Louis Theroux saying that he thinks he just had a way of uh, taking command with the police. Like, he didn't act like a victim or like he was good. He just fucking told them what was what. He had, he he had mates higher up. He, he had mates higher up. I reckon he had dirt on some people. I think that I, I'd agree with that because I'd I say... People and some people in the dressing room, weren't they? There been accusations yeah, that he was right. actually providing kids for mm. other people. Yeah. So that might so, explain the and, numbers. So, and if the rumours are to believe that all our elites are involved in this, and it's certainly right yeah. for those of Commons, that file got shredded. And if you've got people that high up, you're going to want All the elites, people. not all of them. No, Hulk no, no, Hogan no, no. doesn't do any of this. No, he's not one he of, is an elite. I knew uh, you'd say he's not no, an elite. No, gas, 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 gas. He's not one of the 1% of billionaires who really run the world, though, is he? He's an elite human. Yeah. An elite level yes. athlete. Yes, but he's not. In 1% the building, of the 1%. He's not the 1% of the 1% running the, running the world secretly, is he? All right, <laughs> Until he's President Hogan no. in 2020. He's pretty rich. Not anymore. No, I remember he won like $100 million in that lawsuit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, losing his career wasn't all bad. No. <laughs> well, I imagine he got a fat paycheck for <laughs> turning up in Saudi Arabia as well. To be well fair. Yes, he did. I mean, for eight, and all he did was stand there for eight minutes while everyone cheered him. He shed a tear and then did a few poses, and that was it. Because he's elite. So back to the uh, mistakes were made. Mistakes. mistakes were made. I mean, what a title! I mean, that is ridiculous. Isn't mistakes it? were made. We let him on TV <sighs> with his dead people jewelry. <laughs> it's worth pointing out that in in the March of 2013, another 16 victims reported being raped by Savile were under 16 at the time, and a, and four of those are under 10. That's pretty. Uh, so that's that's a landslide mm. over the space of two years after his death. We're talking over four hundred victims. Mm. I mean, it's phenomenal. 
the, the, the numbers involved are just massive. So we got the aftermath of this. Mm. Yeah. And it's a massive social fallout, really. I mean, this guy in the, in the public size, two years ago, he died. Everyone was praising him. He was a fucking saint. Mm. He was, you know. This is a good article to read, Ben. Yeah. Now, an article from the BBC, uh, dated 17th of October 2013. Quote, everybody knew about Jimmy Savile, former officer says. A former police officer has spoken about some of his colleagues' attitudes to Jimmy Savile in the 1960s, saying that everyone in the force knew, quote, Jimmy liked them young. Uh, the ex-officer, who wants to remain anonymous, was with Leeds City Police in the 1960s. He used to patrol areas of the city where Savile was well known. The entertainer was in his 30s at the time, and was a familiar site in areas of Round Hay and Headingley. It was one incident in 1965 the former policeman remembers well. And this is his tale. Late one night, just before midnight, he noticed Jimmy Savile's Rolls Royce parked in a secluded spot on the edge of Round Hay Park. As I went past, I saw the interior lights were on, he said. I went past, but stopped and went back. I thought someone had nicked it. He was sat in the driver's seat, and was talking to a young lady in the passenger seat. She looked like Twiggy. I couldn't tell her age, perhaps 15 or 16. I said, what's the matter, Jimmy? What are you doing up here? He said, yeah, we're, uh, we're fine, aren't we? And she smiled. Then he said, we're waiting for 12 o'clock, son. Why? I asked. Jimmy replies, because it's her birthday tomorrow. She's 16. And he winked at me. I asked the girl, are you okay? She smiled. There was no impression that she was being forced to be there. I think she wanted me to get lost as well. Jimmy then said, Now, go get back on your bike, son, before you lose your job. Threaten the police. <laughs> the officer then went on his way. He said, If there was any impressions that she was 10 or 11, I wouldn't have gone anywhere. There was no doubt whatsoever that she knew what, she was go she knew what was going to happen. Savile gave me the impression he was justifying himself and knew what people suspected him of. He was waiting until it was legal. His attitude was, I'm not doing it now, but in 10 minutes there isn't a thing he can do about it. Later on in the shift, he mentioned the meeting to his sergeant, who said to him, was she upset? When he replied no, he claimed the senior officer added, we know Jimmy likes him young, he's got friends in high places. Says it all, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, the balls on the guy, oh, it's waiting ten minutes. Yeah, no, off you, on you go on your bike, son. I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm just sat here. Couldn't the officer have punched in the window screen and said, fuck ten minutes, you still just made it clear to me yeah. you've got every intention of fucking a girl who, I might add to you, for the next ten minutes is fifteen, cuff him, smack now, him. Now, if an inner city black pimp <laughs> in London, yeah. he's doing that. Yeah, he'd be fucking Police shot. Police officers, get on your bike, good 10 minutes, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine it? Can you fucking imagine it? Even if it's a chance, would no. he? He'd have been gunned down there. He'd have been tasered to death yeah. there and then. Tasered. But, 
it's Jimmy Savile. He's in Leeds. It's where he's from. He's a fucking. He's the, the hero in Leeds, and he's yeah. you know he's he's what he's up they there. Like the he's not, he's not the streets where yeah. he died for his funeral. Yeah, he's a, he's like a, a son. You know, such a great it shouldn't guy. Matter, should it? And the police. Doing, this is it, the this is the police. Yeah. If everybody knew, then why wasn't there an investigation? If everybody knew there was a pimp on the streets mm-hmm. pimping girls out. Well, and Mr. Nobody, they'd be straight on him, wouldn't they? They'd be straight fucking round his house. He's a celebrity. Yeah. I know. Well, well, it's, it's not a, just a celebrity. It's the culture and the society mm. that we're living. Proper and be sick more... fox. It's very true, but there's got to be more to it than it's not just that he was a celebrity, because big celebrities get brought down all the time, publicly humiliated. Yeah, he, he had, some, he had sway. He did. He had some That's sort a scary of thing, sway over... And I think it's through providing... I might be going a bit Alex Jones here, but I think it's through the network of pedos obviously stick together, giving them access through his fucking connections. I think that's where his power lay. And before his access to the hospitals, he ran the discos. Yeah. Right, as they were called back then, the discotheque. And he's meant to be 18, but 16 year olds getting in. Full of young girls, right? So maybe that's how he procured them back in those days. I just think it was more than just celebrity and having raised a lot of money. 40 million is fucking not insignificant. Well, I remember that's in the 60s, 70s, 80s and uh, 90s and it's probably worth a bit more. It's a continuous supply of it as well all through the years and a public yeah. persona of keeping up. Yeah, I'm a weirdo, I'm a mad, odd, eccentric, but I do, I do so much for kids, don't I? Running all these marathons, literally running marathons. Yeah. But into his seventies. So, so I feel there is obviously some he has some higher connection and power to be so brazen to get away with so much, and to you know, yeah, to get yeah. away with it. it's more than just always oh, a slip. You know, because I mean, come on, if uh, let's think of who's an incredibly famous British um, actor, beloved actor, Brian Blessed. Uh, nah, someone more beloved than that. Like, uh, more beloved than Brian Blessed? Yeah, someone more mainstream, more um, like popular. Patrick Stewart? Um, <laughs> Ian McKellen. No, right, no, he's not British, but it happened to Kevin Spacey, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. The allegations came out about him. One person came out, look, ruined over a beloved man, cherished in the theatre world, in the acting world, but fucked up like that, just fuck up. That story came out. It wasn't quashed. They ruined him. They did. Yeah. You know? He didn't help himself with his defence. So he's gone. I'm oh, yeah. gay. He actually did it, but he said, that, that was his defence. Yeah. But I'm gay. Drunk and gay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, my point is, Jimmy. Even the newspaper stuff seemed to roll off him. Right. This man had some fucking either dirt or connect. I think the connections are helping other monsters find their prey. Yeah, I think you got a point. That's my take on it. Or he was just sort of luckiest fucking cunt alive. Nah, I think he knew how to play it. it. Can't be cunt. I think he knew how to play for, it as well. Four hundred and fifty times, and every so many people know about it. He's close yeah, friends with Prince mm. Charles. Yeah, he's yeah. building hospital wings. That's very true. He's building yeah. wings of hospitals. Mm. No one's gonna. No, it's not be stupid. Oh, you're making it up, and that's what it was. He you stole were, a dead person's eye. If you were a, a teenager in, in the in the sixties and in the sixties and seventies, and you went to the police and say, mm. "Jimmy Savile raped mm. me," they go, "Fuck off." Was different times back then. You, I've seen some interviews where there was some female BBC 
staff that saw something, actually yeah. saw stuff in the dressing room, went mm. to the boss. Mm. And the boss is like, oh, it's just Jimmy Savile, it's nothing, you know. Mm. It's just the way he is. Yeah. yeah. He's eccentric, look yeah, at him. Yeah, it's just Jimmy. And that was it. And she, she didn't feel mm. like being a woman, especially, and a low member of staff, that she could yeah. do anything about it. Yeah. yeah the boss is told her just yeah. to shake it off and forget about it. It's alright, don't worry about it. But by the way, if he wants to do it to you, let him. Otherwise, mm. you'll be sacked. He'll get, you'll get you sacked. Well, no, she was about what, 20 or 30 at the time. He's so. pretty, well, oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it was a wide range of. It wasn't yeah. just children, it he was. He an opportunity. I bet you they got told as well if he mm. did do it to let him do it, otherwise, mm. they'd be out of a job. Yeah. Is that so what that goes back to. See, he's got stuff on the Director General, hasn't he? He's. He knew the person in Broadmoor, didn't he, as well? Yeah, the, well, the chief medical examiner at Leeds, where the Broadmoor yeah. morgue was. Just because uh, that guy works in the hospital doesn't mean he's not a nonce too. Maybe they were in, hadn't he? Yeah. Covering e each other's backs. Uh, yeah. Something was going on, yeah. man. So the aftermath of this is like a complete disowning of everything Savile-related in, in a massive hurry. With a month of the scandal emerging, many places and organisations named or connected to Savile were renamed or had his name removed. A memorial plaque at his former home in Scarborough was removed in October 2012 after it was defaced with graffiti. <laughs> a wooden statue of uh, Savile at Scotston Leisure Centre in Glasgow was also taken down. Uh, Savile Hall, the conference centre in the Royal Armouries Museum in Leeds, was renamed rather swiftly. Two registered charities founded his name and announced they were too closely tied to his name to be sustainable and would close and distribute their funds to other charities. Fair enough. Uh, by the 28th of October, Savile's cottage in uh, Glencoe was vandalised. It was then sold in 2013. Um, 9th of October 2012, Savile's family had his headstone removed and destroyed. Mm. His body is still interred in Scarborough Cemetery, but is not on a marked grave now. We'll get into a bit of his grave later on. I've got an article about uh, some full, almost uh, full Alex kind of article from oh. the from the Daily Star. Well, I'm sure if someone really wanted to do their homework and get all researchy, they could work out where it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Through photos yeah. and things, and go and dig him up and fucking make put him on the bus. Put him in a wheelchair and run him round. So here we go. Here's a story for you. Then. Put him in a children's home. <laughs> You wanted to write a necrophilia story. How's this Nightmare then? at Bernie's. For revenge. Nightmare at Bernie's, right. We break out a necrophiliac from prison, but we keep him in like a straitjacket and on a chain. <laughs> we then travel cross-country to Jimmy Savile's grave. Right. We dig up his body. Yeah. And we let the necrophiliac fuck the shit out of dead Jimmy Savile. Right. Sort of revenge for all the victims. Yeah. And then we kill the necrophiliac. What the, the, the flaw in your plan is? <laughs> it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie? Oh, thank yeah, God. Because we're not going to break anyone out of prison. Well, you it's a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we I'm going to Blair Witch it. It's a movie, isn't it? No? You well, think we could sell that? Uh, <laughs> well, it's no worse than Weekend Nightmare at Burners. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it tastes no worse than the one you guys came up with. <laughs> You know. yeah, well, anyway, anyone listening, copyright me. Don't anyone rip that story off. That's my story, that is. Copyright not there at Burnley's too. <laughs> well, it's, got nice moral, it's got a nice moral twist. Yeah. We killed the necrophilia. Yeah. After his 
fucking defaced Jimmy Savile's body <laughs> in a very sexual manner. Well, we'll, well his fucking I'll bones p- will be jingle jangling. Hey. <laughs> we'll pitch it to Fox. Yeah. Oh, well, Netflix um, will buy anything these days. It's true. <laughs> um, Savile's estate was worth four million. So he's made, he's, got, he's got a bit of money in the bank. Mm. Uh, that money was frozen, the money was dished out as compensation. Most mm. of them got about 60 grand each. Yeah. Now, we've got a video to play in a little bit. I'm just going to tell you what the psychologist Oliver Joan, Oliver James wrote. Uh, that he had the dark triad of personality characteristics. I'm going to explain the terms. So, uh, First one is psycho- psychopathy. Psych- yeah? Psychopathy. Psychopathy. Uh, I know, I should do. Uh, persistent antisocial behaviour, impaired empathy and remorse, and bold, disinhibited, and egotistical traits. Wow. I could have some of them. Machiavellianism. Oh, God. Machiavellianism? Machiavellianism. Machiavellianism. That's it. Well done. Welcome to the smart party. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a, a duplicitous interpersonal style, a cynical disregard for morality, lack of empathy and a focus on self-interest and personal gain. Yeah. Um, see that. The interpersonal... Duplicitous, definitely. I mean, there's, I watched some documentaries where he thought he wasn't being recorded mm-hmm. and you could visibly see the mask slip. Yeah. You know, the way he spoke, the way he said... And as soon as he realised he was being filmed, we're back to Jimmy again. Yeah. You know, it was... I'm on, darling. Yeah. And then narcissism... Uh, pursuit of gratification from vanity, so that's where the bling comes in, the mm. fancy outfits, the eyeball in a necklace. Oh god, yeah. Wow. I mean, that's the eyeball necklace is no real different than like you know the Vietnam soldier with the ear necklace. Not at all. I mean, they're floating it on TV. So do you think he's a psychopath? I think he he feels with it. He's been on the dark triad, yeah. Sexo-psycho. Triad, triad. Definitely. Um, Lack of remorse, empathy. Yeah. Feeling of superiority. Narcissism, definitely narcissism. He was a peacock, wasn't he? Yeah. Effectively, he was like, look at me. Look at me. I'm I'm wearing fucking hot pants and a fishnet fucking top, smoking a cigar with my shitty blonde haircut Mm. on Louis Theroux. In Louis Theroux's flat, nonetheless. Bit of a weirdo. Is another statement of the decade, I'm afraid. So, yeah, for me, Phil fulfills them all, definitely. Four News ran a piece on this, entitled 2nd November 2012, entitled How Jimmy Savile Revealed All in the Psychiatrist's Chair. Uh, As a rare transcript of a radio interview with Jimmy Savile obtained by Channel 4 News, reveals startling insights into a man who planned escape methods and said, I could be corrupted. (laughs) No shit. Throat Savile refuses to allow Dr. Clare through his facade, denying heavily, denying having any emotions, using patter and concocted stories to distract from awkward questions. And that's exactly what he did in that interview mm-hmm. earlier. Yep. Um, Savile reveals there was nobody who knew him intimately and insists what you see is what you get. Dr. Clare notes that as the seventh child in his family, a young Savile was emotionally and materially deprived and his Spartan emotional regimen hinted at powerful reasons to shun intimacy. She says that uh, his reluctance to plant emotional roots is mirrored in his refusal 
to identify anyone, uh, any one physical location as home, Claire states in the book. Claire notes if Savile does have feelings, uh, he is unable or unwilling to express them, concluding there is something chilling about this 20th century saint which still intrigues me to this day. When asked by Dr. Clare about his freedom from emotional attachments to people, Savile boasted, I'm not constrained pretty, uh, pretty well by anything. The tough thing in life is ultimate freedom. That's when the battle starts. Ultimate freedom is what it's all about because you've got to be very strong to stand for ultimate freedom. He likes the phrase ultimate freedom in this quote. He did, didn't he? Ultimate freedom is the big challenge. Now I've got it, and I can tell you there's not many of us that have got ultimate freedom. <laughs> I've got some considerable clout as well, all over. That's where the battle, this personal battle, starts now. I've managed to handle complete and ultimate utter freedom. It's marvellous, but it's dangerous. It would be easy to be corrupted by many things when you've got ultimate freedom. <laughs> it's just like... Donald Trump is going to call the first Space Force vessel Ultimate Freedom. Yeah. Oh, God. I'll guarantee it. I could be corrupted, is what he says in that quote. Yeah. He goes on to say that he has all the money that was ever printed and such as can do what he wants, when he wants, stating it's all too much. Explains that he's never slept in the same place two nights in a row and carries a shoulder bag that has not been completely unpacked for nearly 30 years. That explains the dress sense. <laughs> well, he's always on the run, isn't he, in his mind? He's always on the run. He's, he's mm. done something in his next place. He's gone before anyone can make a complaint. Yeah, he says, I can go skint in a day. I can be finished like that. If a scandal comes up or something like that, or the people go after you, you're finished. I'd much rather go skint with a brand new Rolls Royce in the garage the one that's eight years old that I love because I'll get more for it. So he's got an escape plan, hasn't yeah. he? Sell the rolls out of there. I bet I'll guarantee you he had fake passports and stuff to get the country if he had to. Change his, cut his hair, put some glasses on, whatever. Mm. Some kind of, you know, he's got it, it's there. I'll guarantee you had an escape plan. Why would you be worried about scandals anyway if there's no, you know, why is that on your mind, Jimmy? Here we go, he's saying, so the day that I get finished by some whatever... Yeah, I've struggled to read this article, to be right. fair. The day that I get finished by some whatever... So he's saying there, like, you know, something... I get finished, something might come up. He's hinting in his own yeah. you know, <laughs> fucking language, right? Then the bits and pieces that I've got, I'll make sure that they're all paid up and they're all brand new because I could then go and be very unhappy in the south of France. Covered in shame and sunshine and mad birds with bikinis on for a long time because there was a new Rolls Royce there and a new this and a new that. So I am all terribly logical, which is actually bad news for you guys because common sense and logic don't leave you with a lot to find out. Hmm. Well, why are you bad? Why are you talking about that, Jimmy? What's on the back yeah. of your mind? <laughs> something in 1992 must have got a bit closer to the bone for him. Maybe there was something in the press around then. Maybe somebody caught him or threatened him. Maybe the, someone would give him a little nod saying you'd you to scale this down a bit or you would yeah. caught. Yeah. Some, yeah. We can't protect like you forever. We should look which celebrities died in mysterious circumstances in 1992. Who fucked with Jimmy? Told him to calm down a bit, made him paranoid like years ago. Might have been the police, might have been government officials. I said, look, you need to calm this down a bit. Just on the quiet, you know, just 
You, Jimmy we can't protect you forever. Man. Did he have to flex his fucking I'll show you I'll have you bumped off because all he has no. to do then ring one of his high up pedo mates and say here this fella's onto the scent no. you here you're going to have to <laughs> pop him off incapacitate him I think yeah, it's, it's that the, could happen that's yeah. the language yeah incapacitate him with a hammer to the head see I can yeah. see shit like that happening I bet Jimmy was doing shit like that all the time pulling fucking strings when I bet he pissed them off, but they, he was such a good fucking. Well, he's a child catcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's such a good child snatcher catcher, monster. He was their pimp. Public saint. Yeah, he was the perfect pimp for them as well. Because I bet they all thought, oh, you'll never, nobody will ever think Saint Jimmy. Well, they, it's the perfect cover. Mm. But please, Jimmy, calm down a bit, because the rumours are getting a bit. Yeah. Right. Because it seemed to come out afterwards. This is one of the things that annoyed me that. Like shitloads of celebrities all say the same thing. Oh, we all heard the rumours. I heard the rumours. Well, why didn't you fucking? If everyone heard the rumours, why didn't everyone speak? If everyone said something, surely enough voices, enough complaints. But no, it's just everyone whispering in the canteen. Yeah. And, and what the thing is, he's, he's in his seventies and his eighties. Mm. He died in his eighties. In his seventies, he's still working the BBC. He's employed mm. by them. And you know. Well, that many people have got rumours on you. What, what what point does his power wane? He must have something on people. That's easy, I think. Because why is he still so powerful? Yeah. If he goes down, there's a lot of other people going yeah. down. They don't want that. That's, That's why it. it only came out after death. Yeah. And that was only through people coming forward because yeah. they saw it on TV. And they still tried to suppress it. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. we touched on that, didn't we? They decided not to run the story. BBC had to cover its own ass. It was a lot of rape happened. Or if not, a lot of sexual assault of all kinds happened on their fucking property, yeah. on their watch. It may have been years ago, it doesn't matter. And it may have been different they times, moved, didn't they? I've said interview, Bill Oddie knew. Do you know what I mean? Not Bill Oddie. Even Bill Oddie knew. Oh, fuck's sake. He didn't know it was young, young girls, but he said mm. he, he did. He, everyone knew that Jimmy liked them young. See that the thing? Did they did they know he liked them young? But they all assumed sixteen, because he was such a saint. That's it. Or was it? That's what Jimmy would say. I imagine. Oh, you know, they're sixteen. It's okay. Yeah, I just like him at sixteen. She's sixteen. Uh, Ten uh, months. What have he done? It's all right. Jingle jangle. <laughs> now then, now then. So that's pretty much the tale. So what's the? Um, yeah. We've got a little bit of conspiracy for you. Ties into a friend of the show, in a way. Shot claim. Jimmy Savile, a cultist witch who worshipped Satanist Alistair Crowley. Okay. This is from the Daily Star. Investigators have pieced together an extraordinary theory that the disgraced TV personality believed he was an occultist following in the footsteps of the late Satanist Alistair Crowley. That would explain the dead body shit. Mm. Did Crowley do corpses? I don't well, think he did. Well, he was trying to just be depraved. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Goat corpses. It was all <laughs> sort of uh, animals and people. And well, he had the most active penis and anuses. Yeah. <laughs> goat anus. <laughs> it was a goat anus, wasn't it? Or did yes. we add that bit to No, the no, it was a goat anus. Cocaine I'm pretty sure it was, anyway. I'm pretty sure. Using black magic powers, it is alleged he placed TV bosses, celebs, powerful politicians and even members of the royal family under his spell. This way he could travel the UK abusing children and the disabled at will, as well as practising necrophilia on bodies in hospital morgues. 
Sa uh, Savile, who died aged 84 in October 2011, is now Britain's worst sex offender after police revealed he preyed on at least 450 victims aged 8 to 47. Chillingly, the DJ once boasted, I am not constrained pretty well by anything. The tough thing in life is ultimate freedom. Well, we've gone we just that. that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the conspiracy theory points in Telltale Signs proves Savile was a wizard and practicing Satan and a practicing Satanist, and that helped him to do what he pleased. The group behind the claims, Society X, Society X <laughs> from Dimension <Yeah>. X, <laughs> but not the unlimited technology, have made a web documentary exploring the extraordinary claims. We should make a web documentary and see if we get posted some hype from the Daily Star. What about digging up his corpse and getting a necrophilia? To <laughs> no, just it? just some random oh. conspiracy theory we can think of. We'll just film a documentary on it. We make some... a mini documentary every week, baby. Yeah, but we'll film it. They'll pay us. We'll be fine. Who will pay us? The Daily Star. <laughs> <laughs> well, we make a documentary about tits. <laughs> Racist tits. I am in the sun. <laughs> Muslim tits invading our tits. I'll be paying. Yeah. I'll be on the front page. Yeah. <laughs> With the sun straight away. Tits on tits. <laughs> That's a Sunday sport. <laughs> uh, uh, hang on, this is good. They point out the warp DJ was the seventh son in his family. Oh no! <laughs> seventh son of a seventh son! Seventh son of a seventh son! Uh, and they were reputed to have magic powers and that he was born on Halloween. Well, yeah. Oh, fuck, I'm convinced. <laughs> Savile, throughout his life, is said to have dropped hints of his occultism. One was during a TV interview in the 1980s. When he admitted creeping at fellow uh, miners he worked with during World War Two, that's, no, that's, that's miners. Not, miners, as in coal miners. <laughs> 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 not miners, as in children. Miners, because he was a, a Bevin boy. What they call a Bevin boy. What did uh, Margaret Thatcher and Jimmy Savile have in common? <laughs> Go on, then tell me. They both shafted miners in the eighties. That's not a surprise. Um, but a Bevin boy was named after the Lord Bevin, who said that children under the age of conscription should be down the coal mines mining for Britain mm. during the war. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> so I think it was something like 12 to 16, you were down pit, and then you went into the army. Yeah, there was nobody hanging around in hoodies, stabbing people over McDonald's. They were too busy down the pit. It wasn't a McDonald's. And then fighting, and then fighting a global conflict. Yeah, it's good for them. While being bombed. Yeah, well, I'm not going to have to do it because I won't be passed into the army. Even in the draft, I'll be failed the draft on uh, medical grounds, mental health grounds. Okay. I'll definitely. They won't care at one point though. You'll get the call. Uh, Conscientious objector. I won't be called. Are you going to prison? Nope. That's what happens if you refuse the draft, did not, No, not conscientious objectors. Oh, I'll do that as well then. I'm with you. Yeah. If you say um, that, you know, you're against the war, you're for peace, and they, they don't send you. We were, we were the first country to introduce that, by the way. Oh, awesome. Yeah, can't See, I'm not going to have to fight the robots. <laughs> I don't think in World War One it was. I think you were shocked. No, but can I tell you a tale? In World War Two, maybe. Can I tell you a tale? World War One, they got young men to volunteer. The White Feather Society. Yes, I know this. Basically, they hired groups of young, attractive women who were doing their bit for their country as well. They, they're telling them that you're doing your bit for your country. What you want to do, go around town 
And if you see a guy you think is of serving age, not to say he wouldn't anyway, perfectly fit to serve, you'll go up to him, you'll surround him, you'll call him a coward, why aren't you in uniform, all that. And they would pin a white feather to his lapel to mark him as a coward. And the thing is, if you were like 14 but looked 17, mm-hmm. they'd label, and that's how you got these kids going to the recruiting offices saying, I, I'm, you know, oh yeah, I'm, I'm 17, no you're not, but you know, oh you got that white feather on you, yeah alright, well just fudge your age, fudge your, fudge your height, fudge your weight. Well imagine that, you're on the pole, mm. some yeah. bird puts a white feather, it's... You know what I would have said to it. And they surround you calling you a coward, yeah, you're publicly yeah, shaming It's like, it's like the same yeah, today as someone kegging you and pointing at your tiny no, dick. No, no, no. <laughs> it's public have... shaming. Yeah. No. What's worse to a teenage boy than public shaming? I would have confidently slapped one of them on the bottom and said, well, darling, I may be a coward, but I am a complete coward because my body is still intact, head to toe, no fucking bum holes in me, so fucking... Get down on 14, it. 14 years old, you would have said Get that. Get down on it. Like, Look at that bloke over there. He's not a coward. He served in his fucking wheelchair. In his barbaric would, 1940s would, wheelchair. Would 14... Yes. Get Four, down on it. 14 year old you. And yeah. I, know, I knew 14 year old you. Yeah, I was all right. right. Surrounded by 20, 21, 19 to 21 year olds, all mm. very pretty. All screaming coward, shame on you in your face oh, in the high street. In the high street, <laughs> it's happening again, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be down at that volunteer office the very hour they'd fucked off. No, I would just go over and write angry, angry poetry and cry in the room and masturbate. <laughs> and then go back down the town the next day, and everyone's called you a coward. I just didn't no. see them. <laughs> um, and then I would talk to some like goth chick about my experience. There's no goths, Gaz, it's and 1916. Try and, and try and explain, like, get to feel sorry for me to say she touches my penis and then it's, feel better about myself. It's 1916, there's no goths. The 1916 equivalent of a goth. There isn't one. There is. Probably isn't. What if they burn coward into your lawn? Yeah. With petrol? So, I'll be like, still got all my fingers. <laughs> You know what I mean? Them wars with nasty people come back with bits missing, like, you know what I mean? Brutal fucking injuries. I, a white feather and shouting coward in my face. Oh, yeah, but that. the thing is, you're not going to get any pussy. That's what the, what's it wrong about. Well, yeah. I would, I'll forgo pussy. Everyone's for avoiding you. Mike, what would you rather have? <laughs> what would you rather have in your face? A beautiful woman calling you a coward in your face or bombs in your face? I'm with you completely. Right? Come on, it's, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll cry about it. Yeah. I'll go home and feel like a dick. I might cut myself and write, you know, like, I might invent grunge in 1916. <laughs> I'm not a coward. I've got all my fingers. You know, <laughs> coming soon, then it's going to sell a one on account of all my fingers. <laughs> and then when the war was over, there was a shortage of men, then fucking women had come running back to me this, with my successful. I'd say, not the disfigured cunt next door. Yeah, exactly. And they got shot. Fucking Even if he's a war hero. It's like that fucking Kenny Rogers song, Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town. You ever listen to the lyrics of that song? Not a big Kenny Rogers fan. Well, t- right, the lyrics of oh, that song are dark as shit, right? He's basically saying to it, he's a war vet with n- lost the use of his legs. <laughs> she's getting dolled up in front of him, yeah. and he knows, and he's pleading with her. He knows she's going out to get some fucking poontang. Yeah. He's pleading with her not to go and do it. That's fucking tragic. That is. <laughs> Why this whole tale, really? Yeah, I was going to say, quite not quite as tragic as fucking the tale of Mr. Savile and his monstrous fucking rampage through England, 
through 17 different constabularies, which covers many different counties, a lot more than 17, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's probably hundreds counties. of constabularies. I mean, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, but they cross counties, don't they? So he's been through more than 17 counties committing these crimes. So what, have we got more? Of, Should we move on to the next one? You can do this, this one. The final one. one. The final one. Would I have to do this God. one? No, it's <laughs> not my job. <laughs> this one's so depressing, isn't there a funny um, one? Well, there is one after this. Okay, then. Okay, well, basically, Britain occasionally gets in the grip of this sort of paedophile frenzy, let's say, doesn't it? Where, where anyone on your street can be a paedophile. You've also seen the tabloid press. Mm. It's in your neighbourhood. They're next door. The number of paedophiles in Britain will shock the public, warns Deputy Children's Commissioner for England. Child sex abuse is so rife in Britain that there is not enough land in the country to build the number of prisons needed to house the perpetrators the Deputy Children's oh Commissioner for England God, has that's warned. Mental. That's going to be an exaggeration. Must be, mustn't it? Not enough land to build the prisons no, to house the there's loads of land. What? Is there really? Our Prime Minister Theresa May did say when she was Home Secretary, what did she say? Something like, it's like Blackpool Rock, isn't it? Yeah. It runs through Britain like Blackpool Rock. Yeah. Oh, Lord. And then all oh. those files got shredded. Yep. Well, it's because all the lords and fucking... All those powerful people are doing it, aren't they? To get the fucking, what's it called? That chemical from the blood. Adrenochrome. The adrenochrome. And that's how they transform into the lizard men. That's how they get their, that's how they get their immortal youthfulness. Oh. It extends their life. Well, it doesn't give them youthfulness. I mean, Hillary looks terrible. Yeah. If they're not, I'm not great, in all fairness. Maybe St. Tony, he still looks good. Maybe they look older than we imagine. Do you think St. Tony took it younger than all of them? That's why he still maintains his... Maybe that's just a rumour we've heard they take it for eternal youth, but maybe the actual reason is that maybe it's to aid some sort of ceremony, some sort of trans-dimensional communications with their... Yeah. With their intergalactic overlords. Reptilian overlords, yeah. Yeah, reptilian intergalactic overlords. You know... Maybe. But it pretty does extend their lifespan. I mean, Dick Cheney on his fourth heart, for fuck's sake. Maybe, whereas we join Wi-Fi, like, join Wi-Fi on your phone, press a button, maybe they have to cut open a child, splatter the blood, and the that, opens up, brain. that opens up the interdimensional communication portal. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit boring, yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm just Alexing. Right, so, um, so Mike, you have a quiz for us. I do. Oh, fuck. What kind the of 2014 quiz? game called Meaty Trumps. British nonces. <laughs> Top trumps and nonces. <laughs> you pit it off against each other. I'm just going to say, let's just leave a silence for 10 seconds so Mike knows to cut this if it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> Ready? Okay. What are we supposed to do? Oh, well, you've got to pick one as Top Trump, so oh, paper, it. scissors, rock, he goes first. Just oh, okay, so is, is it better just one, just one, one? Yeah, go on. Okay, me, me and Gaz. Go on, yeah. I'm the, okay. I'm the quiz master. Okay, so on three, Gaz. Oh. One, one two, two, three. three. Oh, shit. Sorry. One, two, three. Oh, you, you oh. won. Gaz wins. So do I just pick whoever I want? You pick who you want. Well, I'll pick the... If I'm trying to win the game, it's got to be Jimmy, hasn't it? Maybe not. Are you picking Jimmy? Well, it's got to be. Yeah, he's is he the, the top, is he? Yeah, there he is. That's why he's the, he's the worst one. To be fair, I don't know. Who, oh, shit, there's murderers on there. <laughs> Do you want to read the caption and then uh, pick your choice? Uh, so, Jimmy Savile, OBE. 
<laughs> Freelance Yorkshire despot DJ, self-proclaimed inventor of the disco, friend of the royals, spent 11 consecutive New Year's Eves at Checkers with Thatcher, Britain's most prolific paedophile, suspected murderer, never charged. Really a suspected murderer? I didn't know, know that, that bit. bit. We didn't get that bit, did we? I don't know. Physical threat, 79. Cockiness, 99. Offences, 100. <laughs> Slipperiness, 100. Remorse, 0. Mm. Nonsense, nonsense. Nonsoriety, nonsoriety. <laughs> 100. <laughs> okay, I think I've got to be a winner there. Not yeah, me, Jimmy. Which one, which one are you picking? <laughs> okay, we'll go best of three. Can I have a go? Yeah, which one are you picking out of that? Because that's what you've got to pick, isn't it? Oh, we've got to pick one of the... Well, yep. just one of the hundreds. Well, you said uh, offences. I thought you were your work straight away, aren't you? Offences. He's won it, effectively, because... I don't maybe know. Not. Which one do you want, Ben? Because there's some murderers I didn't realise. Oh, man. Well, to come to Gaz's Jimmy, I'm going to go... Um, Oh, I'm gonna go Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher <laughs> versus Jimmy. <laughs> I've a big gun. But there. Fred West is there. Yeah, but I know his kill kit wasn't that high. <laughs> oh, I suppose Maggie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Send a lot of people. You ready? Yeah. Let's see Maggie. Have to read it, man. Enabler card, power what? 10, what? unbeatable, what? card trumps all enablers, I've won! What? Margaret Thatcher, 1925-2013. Thatcher, allegedly knowing, ran one of the most paedophile infested administrations of modern times. Her ghost decrees this turn void. <laughs> the user of this card no wins. Nothing else competed. Remember to retire this card into the next game. One oh, win! One card will win! <laughs> I can't fucking beast it! <laughs> <laughs> I had 300s! I thought I got this! And me! Can't believe it! I knew that was the only card, I'd probably beat it! I've looked through them all, and he picked it, go on, do one more, go on, Benji versus Stone. Um, yeah. Let's have a look. Oh, Gary Glitter's tempting, but I scored out a little bit. <laughs> Please cut that bit out for me, Mike, and send it to me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go as a as a well I'm gonna MI five, fuck it, MI five at the bottom. Oh man, this is gonna be another one, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Oh. oh only can't oh I've got fifty. Thatcher's mine. Oh man, I can't win. Oh uh, yeah, go and pick another one. Um you know what I'll throw one in for you, I got Myra Hindley. Myra Hindley You can buy this game for nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen forty two to two thousand two. Ian Brady's accomplice, uh, quote, I ought to have been hanged, I deserve it. My crime was worse than Brady's because I enticed the children and they would never have entered the car without my role. Con uh, condemned to life in prison and died there. Uh, physical threat 60, cockatiel 75, offences 100, slipperiness 41, remorse 3, uh, non sorority 90, <laughs> 96? 98. 98. Uh, I'll take offences then for 100. Guys, okay, I've got to go with Fred. Fred, Fred, West. <laughs> oh, Fred might beat me. Fred might beat <laughs> Fred West, serial killer, along with his wife Rosemary, tortured and raped young women and girls, murdering at least eleven of them, including their own family members. Hanged himself with a knotted bed sheet whilst awaiting trial, despite being on suicide watch. Oh, I think you've won this, guys. Physical threat ninety-two. 
Cockiness, 95. Offences, 100. Slipperiness, 76. Remorse, 3. Nonceriety, 99. Which is the one I'll go for. No, you were 98 for nonceriety. No, I was on offences for 100. Yeah, he was. I'll go with offences for 100 then. Well, okay. It's a draw then. I think we've had enough of Britain's. uh, Well, you still won because you won the first one. Yeah. So. uh, It's a non contest, really. You know. British nonces. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Mike. That was uh, (laughs) it. An unexpected um, yeah. turn up for the books. It certainly was. It certainly was. So um, yeah. It, so in summary, Jimmy Jimmy Savile, what a cunt. Yeah. yeah. Massive, massive cunt. I'm never won the establishment. Yes. I never want to speak about him or hear about him again after this. To be honest. Jingle jangle bells. <laughs> well, I'm not doing well, it. We've got um, remember, there's a six-month nonce-free law now. <laughs> I could go the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> At least we've done a lot of this. But it's just so weird it's come at Christmas. Not nonsense. We haven't done a lot of that. We've <laughs> we just talked about it <laughs> yeah. on the pod. Uh, oh, right, God. so... Um, Quick weird, move on. Weird news. Yeah, we we'll take a break. Yeah. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. And we're back with Weird News. Basically, the premise of Weird News is that uh, we find some random shit on the net, read it out to you, because it's funny. We usually do it at the start. We felt we should finish with it. It's elijah the mood. So, Santa rips off beard and tells children to get the fuck out in Grotto <laughs> Meltdown. Excellent. A bad Santa reportedly told Grotto Crows to get the fuck out <laughs> after ripping off his beard and leaving children in tears. Shocked parents described how the bizarre incident began with a fire alarm being triggered before Santa began displaying, quote, very strange behaviour at the Corn Exchange Grotto in St Ives, Cambridgeshire. Cambridgeshire? Cambridgeshire? I felt it was Cambridgeshire. BBC. Cambridgeshire. Don't start nonsense with the kids on the flats. <laughs> I felt that because it was Cambridgeshire, I felt that, uh, you know, You're going to be reading the shipping forecast next. <laughs> I'm just going for another job, guys. Yeah, right. job. Agitating it to the shipping forecast. It's my dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my dream, guys. Cambridgeshire. Because you would be the first to report the fleet of UFOs coming into Saturday. <laughs> you can see them coming in now over Cambridge. Shire. <laughs> Destroying everything in their way. <laughs> yeah. Heading towards Herefordshire. <laughs> before passing through Shropshire. <laughs> or Salop. <laughs> Check me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, we changed our name to that, though, didn't we? Late oh, yeah. 80s, early 90s, we changed our name to Salop from Shropshire. Oh, right. Yeah, Wasn't we did. Sell up our ancient name. Yeah, and, but and a bunch of posh back. people in shoes, we thought that we should uh, go back, back to it because it sounded posher. It and then everyone said, no, we should change back. Do you think? I think it sounds better. Salop. Where are you from? Salop. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't sound better at all. <laughs> it's just got a bit of character in it. The thing is, Shropshire, it's like that's where the Shire was set in. Lord of the Rings, wasn't it? Yeah, but... Salop! <laughs> no, yeah, but only works when you're partially... Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Shrewsbury and Salop. Nobody uses that. I'm yeah. from Dorley and Salop! <laughs> I don't sound like that. <laughs> Can I chew your foot? <laughs> I've never said that. 
<laughs> okay, maybe once. <laughs> so, uh, so why, 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 why did Santa have a breakdown? Well, the fire alarm went, went off. Yeah. Well, that was enough to say. Right. <laughs> oh, was he trying to help them then? Everyone get the fuck out. He broke character <laughs> to get everyone out of the building. The incident led parents to frankly... Guess what, kids? Santa's not real and you're all about to die. Now get the fuck no, out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Ripped his off. Just leaped for safety through the window. <laughs> Save your fucking self. <laughs> I like to think that he throws the children at the window and then... <laughs> and then... And he then, used a child to play with. <laughs> and then grossly backdrafts his way out of the window, leaping in front of the flames as they billow out. Oh man, then he rolls. Oh, God bless him. <laughs> so he was trying to help. Do you know what I mean? In a fire situation, do you want it to really be like, ho, 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 kids, we gotta get moving towards the exit. Ho, 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 who can catch the reindeer? He went, get the fuck out! Rips his this is off. not a drill! <laughs> He's doing a public service, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> One little boy was reported in F particularly upset when Santa used the F word. <laughs> the mum added, My oh. children thankfully didn't take too much notice. They asked why Santa was being horrible after they heard the crowd outside talking about it. Quote, My friend's little boy was upset as his dad was carrying him when Santa told him to get the fuck out. Oh man. We told our children he wasn't the real Santa, he was an imposter and he'll be going on the naughty list. No, I just think he's. I think he was. Smoke yeah. machines from a separate family friendly blow your whistle rave event held downstairs triggered, triggered the alarm. <laughs> so he's upstairs in his grotto. There's a rave going on downstairs. Yeah. He thinks he's about to die. And like, I bet he looks at that grotto and thinks this is a fucking tinderbox. Yeah, all if that tinsel. Thing, yeah, if this thing goes up, I'm fucked. I'm having dead kids on my there's resume. Only, yeah, there's only one way out as well, remember? There's yeah. way in, way out, that's it. Get the fuck out! <laughs> Get the maybe he'd been trapped in a burning house before. Yeah, I and think a, he's a hero. Man. I think I, I'm with him. Mm. And maybe he shouldn't have broke character so quickly. Oh, get the fuck out, kids! <laughs> yeah, oh. Fire children, out you go, that kind of thing, maybe. Follow me! He's losing his shit immediately! <laughs> Kill the fuck out of him and himself! It's a bit off and he's gone! <laughs> Maybe try and keep a bit of a professional calm? Well, with the big, with the beard and the coat, he's flannel! No, Mike, with the beard and the coat, you can barge your shoulder out of the way faster because it's padded! I'm sad to get the fuck out of my way! You can body check them out of the way, they'll bounce off you in that padded jacket! <laughs> Oh man, he was having none of it, was he? I'm not dying in here. Not like this. I'm not dying in here. Not like this. Not like this. RIPD switch from the Matrix. Oh, I think that sums up the article. Oh, yeah. Right. Next one. Yeah. Haunted mirror possessed, in quotes, by the ghost of the Titanic captain up for auction. Oh, See our Titanic episode, it's quite good. Oh no. A haunted mirror, pleasing possessed by the ghost of the captain of the Titanic, is set to go under the hammer for more than £10,000. Is that because it's haunted or because it's from the Titanic? I'll find out in a second. Okay, sorry. I'd imagine a bit of both. Possibly. Uh, the 110 year old mirror is believed to be possessed once a year 
by Edward John Smith, who left it on the dressing table of his home in Stoke-on-Trent before he set sail on the ill-fated ship's infamous maiden voyage. A servant of the captain, uh, Ethelwyn, yep. uh, was offered to take one item from his home when he went down with the ship after the vessel hit an iceberg on April 14, 1912, as a keepsake in lieu of wages. Oh, so they cut off his bank account when he died? That's it. Sorry. Can't even pay your servants. Mm. Fuck them. Oh but the terrified maid told relatives she could still see Captain Smith's face in the silver-framed easel mirror each year on the anniversary of when the Titanic sank. Since then, the haunted mirror was passed down by Ethelwyn's relatives and was later discovered in, the, in a deceased estate in Wolverhampton Whoa. before coming into possession of current <laughs> owner David Smith, who kept it in a vault for the last five years. If you've got that, wouldn't you have it on your desk on April 14th? I want to see a photo of Is, that the, is that the day that he's meant to possess it? Yeah. Once a year, April 14th, when the Titanic sank. Yeah, it's a fucking haunted mirror, of course. Yeah. It's a piece of the fucking house. You'd sit there and go, right... Bring it on, oh, right. Captain. We're not on a talking point. This mirror, right? Yeah. What's it's like this? an ordinary mirror. Get your camera out. Watch this. Oh, have ever went for a party? Mm. Or sit round at, at um, oh, hang on, I think it's at 20 past 2 on the 14th in the morning. Yeah. So, when all gather round. Up, everybody play the biscuit game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was just say eat popcorn and drink beer. But You don't know how to have a party. <laughs> Mike, how many beers do you have? Three and a half. Whoa! It's <laughs> quite a lot for me. Well, I was still reading. I'm reading from the Revelation. I can't believe that this didn't come up in our uh, Titanic episode. That the captain is from Stoke-on-Trent, which means it could have sounded something like this when he first heard about the iceberg. Ooh, hey up, ducky! That's a bit bloody close. <laughs> so they call people duck. Yeah. Ducky over there. Didn't know that. They do. No. Ducky and up Nottingham Way as well, some bits. And uh, in, in, the, in the Rover's Return. Hey, up, duck. Yeah? Yeah. Weird. This country's weird with accents. You it can is. drive for ten miles and it, everyone sounds completely different. Anyway, what's right. this fucking mirror? So, oh, this fucking... letter, penned by Ethelwyn's sister-in-law, Hilda, and addresses someone called Ida, chillingly reads, quote, She, Ethelwyn, Always spooked me when she said at times she could still see Captain Smith's face in it on the anniversary of when the Titanic was sunk. Auctioneer Richard Winterton said, The last time Captain Edward John Smith saw his own noble bearded visage before leaving home to take helm of the Titanic was possibly in this very mirror. And he did have a great beard. Mm. As did most Victorian Edwardian gentlemen. Yeah, fucking hipsters. Oh, they were proper beards, yeah, though, weren't they? They were great beards. Whoever buys this in December will have it in good time to test that legend for themselves on the 107th anniversary next April. The mirror is expected to fetch more than £10,000 from collectors when it goes up for auction in Litchfield, Staffordshire, with Richard Winterton auctioneers this December. Lunacy. If I was a, a lunatic millionaire, I'd buy that. If I won the lottery this week... I'd buy that. If you had money to burn? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, but... If I wanted to either do oddity to my collection, definitely. I'd buy T-Rex. But I'd invite everyone round on the 14th, mm. and we'd get some popcorn, 
Mike will put a biscuit game in the cupboard. <laughs> you know, get some beers, and oh, we'll all man. sit there, and we'll all we'll play biscuit game in the dark. <laughs> we'll That's put, asking for trouble. There's a, cl- there's a light. In, Mike, I'm in a mansion. There's a light in the cupboard. <laughs> Listen, can I just do something normal? <laughs> I'll play a biscuit game in the biscuit room. Well, I used to. All I was saying was special wing. <laughs> the biscuit wing. I want to play Mario Kart or something. Well, no, we're going to sit here, drink beer, eat popcorn, my mic bag's in a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to see if Kenny's with the beers. That's what we're doing tonight. Okay. I mean, no, no, okay. <laughs> I want to go home. No, you're staying here to record it. Hold your phone up, plug it into one of the in-floor chargers and crack on. I feel weird. No. <laughs> see the popcorn and drink the beer. Okay. Could we have... Um, Piss in the bag provided. Speaking of that, <laughs> could I have a pee break, please, Bob? Okay. <laughs> and we are back. So, in a follow-up to a previous article of Weird News, we always like to follow stuff up if we can, don't we, boys? Well, we are professional exactly. broadcast journalists. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if anyone remembers, a woman who was married to a 300-year-old pirate ghost has um, divorced him. <laughs> Last long and she issues a warning to anyone that wants to uh, marry this said ghost. Oh, well, thank uh, God she's given me a warning. I was about to do it. Did she? T- did he she's turn out to be a bit of a Jack the Lad? Possibly. Was yeah. he putting his ghost dick around? <laughs> the Fucking Irish men. Jack Sparrow impersonator, Amanda Sparrow Large, 46, has told people to be very careful when dabbling in spirituality. Irish Jack Sparrow impersonator Amanda Sparrow Large, 46, made headlines when she was legally married to the Haitian pirate by a shaman priest. Amanda said earlier this year she found a soulmate in the, pi- uh, in the pirate from the 1700s who was executed for thieving on the high seas. <laughs> As they all should be. <coughs> uh, they tie the knot in a boat off the Irish coast in international waters, the Irish Mirror reports. But now the mom from... Um, Oh, God. Uh, anyone help me with that one? Drogadia. That's it. That sounded Welsh. It did. Yeah. <laughs> Drogadia, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's in Ireland. That's a joke. <laughs> Has revealed the unlikely union is over and warned people to be very careful while, deb- while dabbling in spirituality. Careful, Mike. Careful. Oh. Stay on the Jedi path. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Posting on social media, she said... So I feel it's time that everyone know that my marriage is over. I'll explain it all in due course, but for now, all I want to say is be very careful. When dabbling in spirituality, she said that three times already. <laughs> um, part of the Caribbean superfan, Amanda, showed out €6,000, changing her name and look and worked for a time as a Jack Sparrow impersonator. Not letting the fact she's a woman holding her back impersonating a man fantastic Amanda made headlines around the world after meeting her ghost Jack in 2014 who she said appeared beside her when she lay in bed or she was really drunk and the waiter got in (laughs) she She said in Leeds around (laughs) she said he looked like the Paris the Caribbean character (laughs) Uh, adding, he is dark-skinned and has jet-black hair, so he tells me. Wow. I told him I wasn't really cool with having casual sex with the spirit, and I wanted us to make a proper commitment to each other. I wanted the big traditional wedding with a white dress, and it was very important to me. 
You're 48 and you spent 6,000 euros trying to look like Jack Sparrow and you then married a ghost pirate and now you're moaning you divorced him. You just want your money back because your career's dead. You just needed to sell another story to maybe pay some of the credit card bills you were left with. Boom. You know what I mean? Oh, fuck her. I'm glad the marriage is over. Yep. Boom. I hope he's off fucking some other daft broad now. Well, the hundred year old Haitian pirate. Yeah. He just never existed in the first place. We <laughs> no, both know that. <laughs> she's just got mental issues because she spent 6,000 euros trying to make herself yeah. like Jack Sparrow, even though she's a girl and he's a bloke. She's having mental issues. Effectively, delusions. she wants to be transgender. I'm not touching it. In a way. Because it's transgender. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so, <laughs> full Alex. Yeah. Were you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? Do you want to explain the game show we always finish off with? I, I don't finish off to full Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you doing at home, mate? It's your own job. But... Right. Um, so... Each week, Mike finds us a couple of random lunatics who he then pits against Alex Jones in some kind of battle royale of madness. Ooh. All of them will be mad as boxes of frogs, and we decide, in the spirit of the game, it's not who says what, it's who's more crazy, isn't it? No, it's, it's a, a mix of both. Yeah. We discussed well, it this last week. Yeah, yeah, I suppose we did. It's a bit of, bit of everything. Yeah. A bit of everything. It's delivery. There's, but there's a fine Ideology. Line. There's a fine line between just general bigotry and, and massive craziness. Yeah, we usually weed them out, just general yeah. racists and actual lunatics, or some that are both. Yeah, so that's true. Let's do it. So Who have we got it. first, Mike? Christmassy theme. It's our favourite game show in this flat. Never remember, listener. As much as we all enjoy a conspiracy, as much as the next man, don't we? Exactly. It's all good fun and games, but remember, never go full, Alex. Not full. No. And go halfway. Yeah. Even that's dangerous. In shoes we are street while drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> I may have just been trying to convert a few normies <laughs> in my drunken stupor. So anyway, who have we got? Mikey. Mikey? Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. I've literally never called you Mikey in my life. <laughs> Bit weird, but sorry. Well, not, not a problem. Have you been watching Ninja Turtles? He is my favourite Ninja Turtle, to be fair. <laughs> So, In fact, I got called it a lot during the Goonies time. <laughs> okay. Because the main character's called Mikey. Fair enough. Well, Mike Lanzo is my favourite because, remember, according to the song, he's a party dude. Yeah, It of was little that made him my favourite. Maybe that's what it was, imprinting. No, it's because I love drugs. <laughs> that's what happened. Did love drugs. Yeah, them days weren't true. Thanks to my life coaching. Somebody offered me some, actually. A life day. coaching. Uh, and it made me, I suddenly realised, I haven't seen you guys for weeks. I've been here for a few hours and someone's offering me drugs. Fuck off. <laughs> and uh, it was quite a useful experience, actually. It made me realise, no, them days are well and truly behind me. Thanks uh, to my life coaching. No. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks to the love I have. Leona. Yeah, it was my and life coaching got you that too. point. Yeah. Uh, Mike, can we start the game show, please? <laughs> I'm about to choke on Ben's ego. <laughs> and his that's, life what I, that's what I call my penis. Play that fucking thing. First up, Trump starts war on Halloween with bizarre Christmas rant. Okay. Trump 
Yep. Okay. Is this his first entry into the game? Let's give our country the best Christmas present of all. Massive tax relief. And speaking of Christmas, yes? You want to hear it? Speaking, I just, you know, I'm talking about Christmas present. I'll give you a bigger Christmas present. You're going to be saying Merry Christmas again, okay? Let me say Merry Christmas. You know, you go to the stores, and they have the red walls, and they have the snow, and they even have the sleigh, and the whole thing. They don't have Merry Christmas. They don't have Merry Christmas. I want them to say Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, but I want Merry Christmas. We're going to say it again. It's happening already. You know it. You know it's happening again. What a fucking... Right, well... That was just bollocks. Yeah, and I'll say <laughs> why. Well, thing is, it's one of those misnomers where people are like, oh, Christmas is under threat. Nobody has ever... People choose to say Happy Holidays. No one enforces it. Some people... Because Happy Holidays is seen as a multi... Cultural, multi... Religional. <laughs> That's not yeah. Word. It's basically something to say. If you don't, if you feel like you don't want to say Happy Christmas to your Sikh friend, you can say Happy Holidays. You know, it covers every everybody's bases is covered because it is holidays. Everyone's going to be off work for a little bit. Yeah. But they've it's already not had enforced. One, I mean, it's, they've already had one already. Yeah, but it's a myth. Yeah. It's not enforced. No one enforces that it's like yeah. government sanction. It's just something people choose to do. And that's the fucking and, president and corporations as well. Starbucks, you know, mm. Happy Holidays. Hey, we're not inclusive. Okay, but that's the president peddling a conspiracy theory. What the fuck? We truly are in the post-truth apocalypse yeah. now. That's the president yeah. on a national stage, international stage. I'll bring back Christmas. I'll bring back Christmas. Nobody took it away, Donald. It's just those people in that audience. That's prime. You know, Donald understands the morons that love him. That's true. Make no mistake. He understands what buttons to push. He knew that was a big one. Or maybe he's that dummy thinks they are coming for Christmas, but I don't think so. I think it's calculated. No, mm. oh, yeah, he's, he knows his voter base. Chris, I no. personally could, would just wish that people would stop saying Merry Christmas to me. Fucking Scrooge. Grinch. I, I, Merry Christmas, Ben. Try and enjoy it, you fucking... Yeah. What do you want to say? Merry Savile. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the only other option. Yeah, but that kid's Merry Christmas. <laughs> but no, the snow is falling. <laughs> now, come on, Ben. Look, this is the way to look at it. This is my favourite Christmas slogan: Eat, drink, be merry. Yeah, we can great. all buy into that. And my best Christmas ever was when I was sat there on my own, getting stoned and drunk, watching the Batman: The Dark Knight trilogy with a dog. It was great. I ate what I wanted, it was amazing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's my best Christmas. And I know you're not joking either, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I watched a Dark Knight trilogy. Got drunk about stone. 24 beers. <laughs> nah, I'm talking about 12. <laughs> Maybe 15. <laughs> Washing me dog blue. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was great. Oh, the me memories. And, me and him watched a Dark Knight trilogy together. <laughs> Um, he had some ham and some turkey and we both gorged beer. ourselves at the night do you have any beer? Yeah. no you, I mean you had beer oh, yeah, had loads ham. of beer yeah well fair enough it sounds fun but why don't you just do it on a Friday 
Not like a Christmas day. Because it was like Christmas day Eve and I was in the house. It was amazing. <laughs> Fair enough. Whoever floats your boat. It's Everyone's just, out. Is it the opposite idea of Christmas? You're supposed to see people that you don't see. Yeah, I saw them on Boxing Day. It's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair I went enough. to be dad's on Christmas Day and I had the evening to myself. Boxing yeah. Day is like the family day kind of thing. So Fair enough. Oh, we do two days. We do Christmas Day and Boxing Day. It's going to be a bit of a marathon for me this year, I think. got to fit everyone in now. Everyone wants to see the fucking kids and... I think they all like to look at me like a zoo experiment. I can't believe he's being a human. <laughs> look at him with his girlfriend and the children doing as he's told. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing his little clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking out the bins. Yeah, because previously you showed up like red-eyed and hungry. <laughs> <over. laughs> yeah, yeah. Like blatantly coming down with something and whispering with spiders on the table. <laughs> or not being able to shut the fuck up talking because I've obviously been doing class A drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a welcome change in all fairness. Normally he just sits in the corner looking sulky. <laughs> He's perked up this year. Uh, Often with a str anyway, let's anyway, let's next one Mike, next one. On. Next one is Leroy Simonson. Who? Some some dodgy person I found on the net, I don't know who he is. Right. But he's a mad Welshman that does a bit of a Christmas brand, thought it was funny. Okay. I'm gonna piss for Christmas jumper day today, Dad, what do you reckon? Stop talking to me about fucking Christmas. Fucking Christmas. I've ever noticed, right? Fucking old people when you show them on the news, you always show them fucking pouring pots of tea and cups of tea and having bits again. Fucking pour that! They're all on the fucking whiskey and fucking gallons of it, right? And I'm telling you fucking now, I'm in a queue and I will eat in Marks and Spencer for my Christmas stuff because people haven't turned up and I get a fucking queue, yeah? All the old fuckers who fucking whooped shopping Marks and Spencer, they're all outside pissed. What are you doing in town today? I don't know, I can't remember. I'm going to whiskey every year. It's just warm and it's cold again. I don't know, every year. So I'm going to have a whiskey in the fucking house. I want to get home, then we're going to put the fucking adverts on, we've got the Christmas adverts, some fucking stick insect tart, saying, <laughs> Eternity, come and climb. What? <laughs> Eternity, come and climb. No, man, no, it's Eternity, come and climb. It's scent, it's nice, I'll buy it now. And then, and then you get, oh, it's Christmas. you got to drink Baileys. Fucking drinking pints of Baileys is no good for the fucking Christmas rant, he was the first person that caught up on YouTube. No, he's just a fucking gammon. <laughs> he's Welsh, he can't be a gammon. He's a, he's a gammon, guys. No, he's he his face gets, he's an overweight middle aged man who's getting more steadily red facey rants. That's the perfect definition of a gammon. I'm not he's sure a if, gammon. I, if I just followed the full logic of his argument at points, oh, I'm not sure what he was actually ranting about, but he's quite funny because he's Welsh. 
No, he's, <laughs> he's, he's just doing it for attention. Film me do this daughter, I'll practice this for a few days. Fuck off, you gallant cunt. <laughs> First one's still winning it for me. Alright, we're moving to Alex then. This is a, uh, a Christmas message from Alex. <laughs> Isn't he like a thought criminal or something now? They said white Christmas is racist. I thought it meant snow. You know, like your kids say, Boy, I want to see snow. My younger daughter hasn't seen it since she was about four years old. She's eight now. And she said, Could we go to Colorado this year or somewhere? I hear there's snow there. And I said, Honey, we're going to stay home. There's too much going on in the world right now. But Maybe in February or something, there's still snow, we'll go there. Get in the shelter. She didn't know she was racist because she wanted to see all those billions of snowflakes that form that beautiful white snow on the ground. It has nothing to do with what color it is. It's not dreaming of white people, but they, they've so brainwashed the left and their minions that they think it's bad. You know, that was last year that colleges and places said that don't have Christmas parties and don't even say the word holiday. It's gotten worse this year. Uh, they're now saying, uh, baby, it's cold outside. It's a song about rape, and so you can't have that. This is what it really is is a cult, as I talk about a lot, that wants to totally impose its will on you. And the answer to the cult is to openly exercise your rights and put it back in the bullies' faces. I remember 15 years ago when I first started seeing concealed carry rallies in Austin, Texas, people wearing guns openly. I was so conditioned at first, even though I was pro-Second Amendment, that I was like, maybe that's too much, maybe it's dangerous. But no, I figured out, these people are geniuses, and I talked to them. You're out openly carrying. It's only concealed carry that's normally illegal because it's concealed. That goes back to common law, wear your weapons openly. So you have to get a license to do something that would otherwise be illegal. And I'm all for concealed because it makes the criminals not know where the guns are and it doesn't freak out liberals. But why not really just openly wear the guns to exercise your right and say, look, you keep implying guns are illegal. You keep implying no one could have them. I mean, I remember until I was about a teenager, even growing up in Dallas, you'd see people driving around in their own trucks with a gun rack with a 30 6 or a 308 or a 223 or a shotgun. Christmas? You know, Remington shotgun or, or Manchester Defender in their car. And then suddenly you didn't see that anymore by the 90s because the police would pull you over and harass you. That's a right you had in almost every state and county and city, but they were creating the illusion through Hollywood and all these made-for-TV movies and cop shows that are based in Chicago or other places where they pull you over and go, you got a gun, you're going to prison. I got you with a gun, possession. That's only in a few cities like D.C., New York, you name it, they have that in place, but they create the perception of zero tolerance Why a kid in his article at school wrote an article about hunting and talked about hunting dub with a shotgun. He wrote the word shotgun, expel Jimmy. They want to bully us into submission, and the answer to that bullying is to say no, 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 and to openly practice Christianity. And you know, I remember growing up hearing hardcore Christians go, the Tannenbaum is really Germanic, and it's a winter solstice ritual, and and uh, the deep of winter, and it's a cultic, so they wanted Christmas shut down because of that. Look, God doesn't care if we like pretty trees and lights. It's art. We're not trying to be satanic to the super, you know, right-wing Christians, in my view. I mean, I, I'm not saying you're bad, just <laughs> God judges the heart. But on the, on the other side, you got the crazy leftists and the jihadists who want it banned because they want to dominate culture and run over people with trucks and 18-wheelers and the media covering it up. So this is the insanity. 
The answer is to exercise our First Amendment, to exercise our right to eat non-GMO, uh, to exercise our right to everything, free speech, you name it, or we will lose it. And to realize free speech is under attack, InfoWars is under attack, the free press is under attack. So I want to thank you all for your support, and I want to encourage all of you to continue to support us right into next year because I never thought InfoWars would become the spearhead, the tip of the spear, and the whole nine yards. We are, but that's because we are representing basically you and your will and your honor and your courage to be free. We're going to go to break, and we're looking back at a few days after the election in the middle of November. Uh, I guess a Tuesday was November 8th, so 9th, you know, 13th or whatever it was, uh, when we had the Sunday broadcast, and I kind of laid out what I thought Trump would try to do, how they would try to counter him, the fact that they try to block his election, which they did do. And as of taping this for the Sunday broadcast, they haven't overthrown Trump yet, but they're openly calling for him to be killed, you name it. So let's pray for America. Let's pray for a free world. Let's pray for Christians being persecuted in the Middle East and elsewhere by the jihadis. Let's pray for peace and a great awakening this Christmas. I'm very, very thankful. I'm very, very thankful to you. Let's also pray for Trump and pray for America and the unborn. Thanks for the crew. I love you. We'll be right back with a retransmission. Well, he's one that, he's got it, wasn't he? He's one that. Yeah. Yeah. First one was Trump, he's just batshit insane. What would be a Christmas message? What the fuck has got about concealed weapons and shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think you went a bit off topic. Just a touch. <laughs> what was the first one again? It's Trump. Trump, who was the second? Uh, that weird Welsh man. Oh, yeah, he was just a fucking Gowan. Essentially, <laughs> Gowan. So, yeah, screw him. Um, Alex wins. Yep. Yeah, I would go with. Um, I would say Alex has uh, pretty much smashed that one, hasn't he? Yeah. How did it? Because he started with fucking Christmas. You know. Sorry, I lost the ability to speak there for a second. <laughs> Snow isn't. It, it's not about race. It's all white. Yeah. yeah. Um, that song is about rape. Concealed carry. That's okay, because the criminals don't know you've got one. Yeah, and then praying for the unborn. Praying for the unborn, yeah. And Trump twice. And Trump twice, yeah. I noticed. So, well, um... Well, should we finish on a... Well, we won't finish on it, but I'll just give you one last... Um, okay. What's the difference between Rod Hull and Jimmy Savile? Okay, Rod Hull is also an 80s British TV presenter, for foreign listeners. Rod Hull used to fist his bird in front of the camera. <laughs> uh, uh, also, I should have pointed out that Rod Hall used to have a puppy called Emu, which his hand was permanently up. <laughs> so, yeah. Another one? Another one? Joke. Oh, joke. Um, no, I think I think that's it. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Well, it's basically a, a variation on one we had earlier, but what of Arthur Scargill and Jimmy Savile oh, coming? Uh, I think you can work yeah, it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, um, let's, let's end this Let's end this Christmas special. Christmas. Christmas special. Yeah. Well, I'm in Ben. I want to say, don't drink the flavour aid and don't join a cult. And happy Christmas, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to do, I don't care. As long as it's not fucking defiling uh, dead bodies and, you know, interviewing you know what? with... You know what? As long as it's not, you haven't got Christmas lights on the inside of your house... <laughs> Go for it. Oh, fucking bar humbug. I will say, um, Merry Christmas. Look out for the upcoming um, <laughs> Nightmare at Bernie's. <laughs> Jimmy Savile 
um, story. Loosely based. <laughs> uh, I'll say free Biff Tannen. Uh, Merry fucking Christmas. Uh, have a good one. Thanks. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Peace out. May the force be with you. I'm choosing the subject next fucking Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say to our pagan listeners, Merry Yule. Look, he just looked at us both like who? I knew the pagan definition. I'm from Cambridgeshire. I'm not going posh. Hanging out right. with Gerald too much. Is the squash club? Is it? You won't be alone this Christmas, will it? Be you and Gerald watching like all four Die Hard films or something? Will it? I'm just saying. Um, and I'm just trying to get that job in Asian aliens. Cambridgeshire. <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. Ancient Aliens, History Channel. There you go. Well, shoot for this moon and you miss. You've fallen among the stars. Exactly. So you're not going to get the Sideway Channel, but be satisfied with what you do get. That's what that saying means. I'll take fact or fake. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>